Much to the dismay of many resistance members and journalists, the president is fine. He lives. And he calmly walked out of Walter Reed and waved to his adoring fans as outraged journalists shook their fists. Harumph! They were so angry. I mean, look, I know I'm joking about this, but how ridiculous was it that you simultaneously had resistance activists saying that Trump was faking it? You had Joy Reid on MSNBC. Trump's faking it. He's not really sick. You had Linda Sarsour saying somebody's trying to get out of the debates. But then you had people saying, like, I don't know, man, Trump's on his deathbed. He's getting dexamethasone. This is the end. <laughs> and then Trump just like walks out like, oh, I'm OK. It's, you know, it's a mild, mild symptoms. I'm totally fine. And that was to be expected. All these conspiracy theories. Now they're really angry that Trump's leaving because they're like, he's contagious. Don't let him leave. And the doctors are like, but he doesn't need to be in the hospital. Just absolutely ridiculous. So we're going to talk a bit about this, and uh, welcome to the TimCast IRL podcast. Hopefully everything's going well. We had some weird smoke alarm thing going off nonstop just before we started. That's fun. But uh, we're hanging out with a very special guest. First, of course, you know Ian Crossland. Hi, he's just a, Tim. He's always... <laughs> you're not the special guest. <laughs> you're just a dude. Uh, Sour Patch Lids is, of course, producing. Yes, I am the corner. And we're here with Lauren Chen. Oh. Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah, awesome dude. to be here. I watch the show all the time. Oh, you do? Nice. Yeah, oh, I do. Cool. Well, you have your own show. Yeah, I do. But but like I get ready with you guys in the morning. Oh, yes. yeah. Awesome. Oh, Always sweet. have something to watch because you produce content like like a madman. Yeah, I do like four hours of content per day. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have that many opinions. I just I just can't I can't talk that much. I admire it. Well, I'm a, you know, if if I'm reading a story, yeah. I'll have an opinion, you know, while I'm going through it. You know what I mean? So I'll be like, oh, look at this. Like Trump, you know, and they're saying Trump is dying. And then I'll read it and I'll be like, wait a minute. They just said Trump was faking it. So which one is it? So, you know, yeah. yeah. Anyway, thanks for hanging out, everybody. Smash the like button. We're going to talk. We got we got this breaking news. Uh, Donald Trump is leaving the hospital, so we're going to get right into it. But make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, hit the notification bell. And uh, let's just jump to the first story that will kick off the, the general conversation. From the Daily Mail, Donald Trump leaves Walter Reed after three nights battling COVID and takes off his mask as soon as he lands the White House, where he will take more experimental drugs. <laughs> I love how they phrase Sounds this. Sounds like fun. And promises to be back on the campaign trail soon. So we have some bullet points. Trump arrived back at the White House Monday night, taking off his face mask to enter the building. I'm sure the journalists are screaming, oh, no, now he's getting people sick. The president left Walter Reed after spending three nights. He walked out at 640, just about what he expected. At 645, the helter- helicopter took off and it landed at 655. Marine One crew will have to isolate for 14 days and the helicopter will have to be deep cleaned. The 74-year-old president tweeted on Monday afternoon that he was feeling better than I did 20 years ago. <laughs> His treatment, yeah. Well, he's, he's hopped up on goofballs, huh? Okay. <laughs> his treatment will continue at the White House with doctors on Monday saying he was not out of the woods. Trump told his supporters, don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. The virus has claimed more than 210,000 American lives and more than 1 million worldwide. On Monday, White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany became the 14th person in his circle to test positive. Anonymous aide said on Monday that Trump had grown tired of watching news coverage of his health. Yeah. And as it turns out, the unhinged conspiracies across the board were totally wrong. I don't know if, if you guys were, were, were tracking what, what these journalists were saying. You've been seeing it. I mean, I've, I saw one journalist say that she had some anonymous source report that Trump was like on his deathbed. He might pass away imminently. <laughs> and, and I was also simultaneously seeing that he's actually just faking it to get out right. of these debates. It's like whatever the Trump is doing the bad thing. The bad thing could be many one of many possibilities. We're not sure which one, but just know that something's not on the up and up. Because you know, it's Trump. you know, what's really annoying to me is like, I don't know how many times I can tell people that everything Trump does is wrong. So, so look, 
people, I got, I got some messages from friends and they're like, man, it's a, it's a, I hate the media morning, huh? Like every segment you've done has been the media is bad. These people, I'm like, yeah. Cause like all throughout this, this, this news cycle with Trump and COVID, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. Is he faking it? Is well, whatever he's doing, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's faking it. What a jerk. Then they took pictures of him working and they're like, the pictures are fake. It's like, okay, like even the pictures he took are are bad. Yeah. Everything is bad. I saw Yahoo News speculating that they were trying to make it look like Trump was working over several days because he was wearing different clothes and in different locations. It's like the man takes off his suit jacket and then goes to a different room. And it's this big conspiracy where he's apparently trying to make it look like, what, what are you talking about? It's, so, so that, that was one of my favorite conspiracies because I actually had these resistance people tweet at me and then delete their tweets. This is funny. So this one was, there's a photo of Trump. He's wearing a suit jacket, no tie though. And he's like signing a paper. The first conspiracy theory, the paper was blank. <laughs> no, it's just called blown out. <laughs> When 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 the, the light is trying to adjust for like a lower light area and you have a white reflection, yeah. it blows out the image. You can't see anything on it. So they thought it was blank. There are literally photos of Obama doing the same thing. So that was the first conspiracy, which they still are pushing. How insane. The next was the EXIF data. That's right. When you take a picture all right, and then publish it, there's a bunch of information stored on that image, like what kind of camera it was. Was there a flash? Where and when the photo was taken? The only issue with this conspiracy, I love it so much, is that there's also a caption that says Donald Trump has seen at the White House after being diagnosed, or seen at Walter Reed after being diagnosed with COVID. And so they're all saying, like, these two photos are taken 10 minutes apart. And I'm like, but there's a caption in it, meaning someone ran it through a rendering program and created a new file. Yeah. And so I tried explaining to people that the reason the date is 10 minutes off is probably because the photographer loaded a bunch of raw files into a program and then added the captions and then compressed them down, creating new files. And so after saying that's a very simple explanation, I actually had someone say, no, you are wrong. All that would do is change the modification date. So it would say date modified, not date created. Mm. Or at the exif date, exif data is uh, not date created because it's specifically about the camera on when the camera. And I'm just like, dude, do do these people really think that the Associated Press photographer is in on it. Yeah. Like had a meeting with Trump and they were like, oh, yeah. so, so Trump was like, we're going to stage this to make it look like I'm working. And the photographer was like, I'm the journalist who's in on the conspiracy. <laughs> so are journalists good guys or enemies of the people? Okay. Are they working with Trump, a fascist dictator to make him look good? Or did they just render a new file that has improper data? Right. Or like it's, it, that's, it's just conspiracy world. And they're allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, allowed. what I find so hi- hypocritical about all this is like we remember during the 2016 election, there was all this speculation over Hillary's health. And we were told that that is just it's because of actually sexism and just <laughs> yeah. conspiracy theories. And never mind that. But I mean, Biden, a lot of people do believe he has cognitive decline. Right. But we're, totally. like the media never talks about it, doesn't report on it. But all of a sudden, Trump essentially, you know, gets the flu and like nonstop for the past like what 70 some hours i remember i was looking for a story to talk about and i did not want to talk about trump having covid because i mean doesn't what am i supposed to do with that uh but yeah there was nothing else because this completely consumed everybody they're gonna get us for this one because covid is not the flu but they're they're gonna they're gonna clip it they're gonna clip it and they're gonna be like lauren chen is pushing i'm not even these people are nuts yeah so trump got covid the survival rate for, I think, people in his in his bracket is like 70. Uh, I'm sorry. it's uh, he, He's 74. So it's like 95 percent. Yeah. And it, it's actually like pretty scary. But it's because he's he's obese mm-hmm. and, and he's older and he's older. 
But and I don't think his diet is that great. No. Yeah, he eats yeah. at McDonald's all the time. Yeah. What didn't he? Wasn't he saying something like, wasn't he eating at McDonald's recently? Is it, or was that a joke? Someone was joking about like McDonald's is going to make him strong and like get him through this. <laughs> he loves he loves fast food. Uh, so I know somebody who used to cover his his uh, uh, like his campaigns for a while, and they would fly on the plane with him and everything. And they said he's always eating fast food. They also said he was a really nice guy. Like he would, he would like offer people like you know you know if you want anything. Yeah, man. But that he's he's a germaphobe. So that this is the craziest thing. They used to say, I, I remember covering Trump's campaign back in 2015 and 16. They were like, the dude's totally germaphobic. He like is always wiping his hands off and he doesn't like touching things. And the only reason he eats fast food and he doesn't like going to other places is because they have uniform standards. Interesting. So he's like, the food is all made, manufactured in a factory. So he's, he's, he's not worried about like tainted meat and stuff like that for the most part. So it's like, I know I'm getting the same standard at every place. But if you go to a, a, like a small restaurant, you can get food poisoning or something. Yeah. To hear, like, so I, I, I know journalists who are like, yeah, Trump is, like, uh, a germaphobe. And then to hear them complain about him not wearing a mask, I'm like, that's kind of weird to me. Because the dude is, like, germaphobic, older guy. He's, like, always wiping his hands down and stuff. And I think the issue with the mask is just, like, it, it's to stop other people from getting sick. So I'm, I wonder if, like, Trump was just like, I don't care or whatever, you know. But then, but then Trump gets sick, and then all of a sudden the conspiracies erupt. Yeah, I mean, like to the uh, the sta- the comment about fast food places having standards. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people watching can testify to the fact that you know places like Taco Bell being a chain and having supposedly universal standards not necessarily protection <laughs> <laughs> against fast food. Hey, 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 Taco Bell's all right. No, I, I don't even hey, I like it. I think it's worth it. You know, you roll the dice. What happens happens. <laughs> it's still good food. <laughs> Meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could get a bowel obstruction or yeah. you could clear yourself out, one yeah. or the other, depending yeah. on what you get. We never know. <laughs> did, um, did anyone ever figure out what Trump's uh, secret cocktail of medicine was? I love how they're, I love how they're like experimental drugs. Yeah, what is he <laughs> taking? <laughs> Stem <laughs> cells? Maybe he really does feel 20 years old. I don't know. Old. Yeah, yeah just inject the baby younger. fetuses right oh, into gosh, him. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, uh, you know, look, Trump's fine. I don't, I, I, it's ridiculous because even though COVID, it, it's, it's worse than the flu and it's a serious thing. The, the, the main issue that needs to be clarified with COVID is that it, as a novel virus, we didn't know how to treat it. Mm-hmm. We're actually at the point now we, where we do know. And one of the interesting things about all this is that they were like, why are they giving Trump this medicine or that medicine? And then there were actual people saying like, it's because we changed how we're treating it. It's been, it's been seven months or whatever. You know, we've we've changed our course of treatment. Like they're not they're not doing intubation anymore. Right, those I guess. were damaging people, right? Those yeah, it was, ventilators. It was destroying, right. Yeah. And so now they're just like supplemental oxygen, not ventilated, and you give them these these medications, and Trump is fine. It's a couple of days. And- Are they still doing the the plasma treatments for people who have it more serious? I think so. Or- uh, yeah, I don't know, but that's cool. Yeah, that is plasma. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's really we, cool. Yeah, we, I was reading we, about that. We talked about that with somebody. I can't remember who it was. I think so. Where it's like they take your blood out mm-hmm. and then they run it along like this membrane, like put oxygen in it. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, Weinstein was saying that it might have been damaging the hemoglobin um, in the cells. This is like, the virus itself. Yeah. Yes. And that's why. So they, were, yeah. they weren't able, the cells weren't able to transfer oxygen. It wasn't that you needed more air in your lungs because the cells themselves right. were having a oh, hard right. time. Yeah. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of that's the cell. Pretty much is my, my biology. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. That's exactly it. That, that yeah. explains everything. Uh-huh. No, but I, I love this. Uh, uh, I mean, w- w- the point I was trying to get to earlier is like, I'm, I'm not trying to drag or, or mock the man because he's sick. You know, I, I wish him the best. But the reason why I think it's totally okay to make jokes about this is because we knew he was going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there was like comments about how like, oh, you got to be solemn and don't, don't oh. mock the president. So, well, there's one, there, it's, it's one thing if you're like, Trump is a moron. What a dumb. Okay. That's, that's not poking fun. But like, 
you know, if I were to, you know, post a meme of Trump, th- there was a funny meme of uh, Trump with, uh, it was Willy Wonka with Trump's face. You guys know this? Where like <laughs> yeah, Willy Wonka walks yeah. out of the cane and then he falls over, but it's Trump. And then some, there's another meme where it's a whole bunch of conservative faces. I, I don't even know what the movie is, but it's like Trump is Babe Ruth. And then he, <laughs> oh, he like hits yeah. a home. Field of Dreams? No, no, no I don't know that. what it is. I don't, it's, it's not Babe Ruth, but he's like, he's playing baseball. And then the, the ball is the coronavirus <laughs> and they throw it and then Trump hits it. And it's like, you know, how they do the deep fake thing. Yeah. That's going viral. Yeah. It was like Trump's face. And then you had a bunch of conservatives on the fans. I've also shooting. seen the, uh, the redub of you know, the, the WWE thing with him like beating yes. it. They've yeah, done, they've yeah. done oh, the CNN version, but now there's the coronavirus <laughs> version where it's oh. just like hit, the guy's head is actually just the coronavirus. <laughs> this is Trump's so good for him. I think. him. I think, I think, I think so. so. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was only three days. So yeah. the, the, the worrying thing is that, you know, Kaylee McEnany today mm. reported that she was asymptomatic, but she tested positive. Mm. And Trump definitely needs her because she is like the fake news buster. I, oh, like, yeah. I, I her, love her. I'm a huge fan. She's she got the binder. With yeah. All, uh, it's oh, amazing. yeah. I'm just imagining her as like, you know, putting on the Ghostbuster jumpsuit and I'm like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to all the journalists. And yes. like, yeah. yeah, but she's so she's, you know, going to be in some somewhat inhibited now because she's got a quarantine. Mm. And then if Trump did have to isolate or still does. That's bad. I mean, this is this is the this is the home stretch, man. This is where Trump needs to kick it up a notch. Yeah, they need to be on the campaign votes. trail. Well, actually, and speaking of all these like coronavirus testing results, I don't know if you folks have seen from the New York Times. Oh gosh, was the New York Times or New York Post? But there was this report about how the uh, like the the sensitivity of a lot of COVID tests are actually too great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I heard um, that. so they might be more more confirmed cases than there should be. Some of the people who are testing positive might have either uh, had it months ago and they're no longer contagious or might have been contaminated in the lab. And actually, um, Westphalian Times, they just uh, did a report looking in Canada. And it's the same thing there as well. And I'm sure, you know, probably in most developed countries where they're doing this, we might actually be kind of quarantining people who don't have it and who aren't necessarily susceptible to passing it on. And destroying the economy and lives in the process. There, yeah, there were a bunch sad. of there were a bunch of stories recently where they like reduced the number and they're like, oops, you know, uh, you know, 200 of those were wrong. And then like mm-hmm. just got rid of them. There was one I I, I, I want to be really careful with numbers because we don't have the su- sources pulled up. And I you know definitely got to be careful there. But there was there were there were some stories I saw where like a substantive number of the confirmed cases were just wiped out like that was a mistake. Yeah. And then there was another viral story. This is crazy. I think it was in Texas where they said that likely cases are added to the total number of cases. Mm. So in order to be a likely case, you had to be in proximity with someone and then have two symptoms. So like if you visited your mom mm-hmm. and then a week later, your mom said she was like sneezing and, and, and had a cough, they'd be like, that's a COVID case. And they add it to the total without testing. Yeah. Oh my God. But the crazy thing about that is it's like, what if they just have allergies? Yeah. What if it's a cold? What, you know, it's like, I mean, I have, I've had a runny nose for the past four years at this point. <gasps> like that's, oh my gosh. So you're, you're patient zero. I pretty, yeah, I yeah. pretty much am giving you all coronavirus. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Thank you. Gluten intolerance is pretty prevalent in society. That causes people to like sneeze and have runny nose and yeah. get a fever. I mean, there's hay fever. Yeah, you could be you, you, like you, you, you hang out with your mom, then you go home and then all of a sudden like a flower farts in your face and like that's COVID. <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I don't I don't know about you guys, but anytime now where I'm in public and I have to sneeze or cough, I like try to <laughs> oh, suppress man. it. I'm like yes. very Dude. conscious about it. Because you no, know I roll with it. Oh, yeah. I go straight for it. Are you, are you guys like- I, I add a, a, a several decibels. But if I'm going to sneeze, normally my sneeze would be like, oh, I go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <then> I <flex. laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't. He totally I, does. I'm so ready for this to finish i don't know about you guys but when i when i see people with masks i just get angry i get frustrated sad i get more sad than anything and i'm just yeah. like 
I want to start. Though? Why though? Why? Because it's just I don't want to speak about my feelings on it publicly without proof or anything, but I just feel like it's so ridiculous and overblown. Like we've gone way too far. We've shut down way too much for something with a 99% yeah. recovery rate. Is that what 99.995. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come no, 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 wait, wait. I'm sorry. It's like 99.5. Oh. No, oh. is it? I think it's super. super it's, no, it's, I think it is 99.95. Yeah, it's really, yeah. really. And I mean, the thing is, a lot of people are saying, well, is it better if people just like, would you rather have people just die? And I don't think they understand that people are missing things like cancer screenings, right? There are yes. surgeries that are being delayed. There are people now who won't be able to do things like pay for their medical bills. Like the, it, it's a lot of a bigger deal than just saying, oh, well, wait to get your haircut and something and like depression, that. And depression, which... Oh, for sure. I don't know how quantifiable it is, but so I, I, have, I lost a friend, an old good mm-hmm. friend. I, I'm sure it has something to do with COVID quarantine. You know, whatever yeah. it was, he hung people himself. were losing their minds. I mean, yeah, during the uh, the last recession, like there were actually marked increases in things like suicides, unfortunately, and uh, you know, alcoholism and all of that stuff. So this is actually it's taking a real human toll. So I I agree, and actually, it's kind of depressing because where I live, in, you know, in Quebec, Montreal, we're actually entering a new phase of lockdowns. Oh, what's it like? Um, well, we they've just started something like we're in the red zone. So if you're there, uh, restaurants are now closed. I think gyms as well. Schools are staying open, but apparently they're going to be sending cops to schools to keep an eye on the students, make sure that everyone's wearing masks and social distancing. For a while, we've all had to wear masks. It's really, um, I don't know. It's, you know, if, if I would have seen what was happening now, a year ago, heck, even six months ago, I never would have believed it. So, you know, you know what happened? Um, you're only allowed to say the world is ending. You're not allowed to say, hey, maybe this is overblown. Because mm-hmm. if you do, you run the risk of getting banned. There have been a ton of YouTubers that have been instantly banned. No strikes, no warning, just gone. Because they'll put out a video questioning masks or something. Yeah. So if you're not allowed to have any conversation at all about maybe we went too far, then the only thing we, anyone ever sees is the end is nigh, it's getting worse, it's getting worse. When if you actually look at the data, you're like, oh man, we flattened the curve a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So we, we saw Rick DeSantis in Florida. He was like, COVID lockdown, done, gone in every capacity, over. We just had in Michigan, they, uh, the Supreme Court of Michigan ruled all of the lockdown stuff unconstitutional. And then, so what did the governor say? Don't care. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go forward anyway because we have 21 days before this goes into effect, and apparently that's actually part of the governor has 21 days to 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 appeal essentially or call for a hearing to challenge the Supreme Court's ruling. If she's straight up saying, "Well, then technically I can just keep doing whatever I want for 21 days," she's clearly just defying the law, and that's crazy. A governor basically going rogue, and but so the attorney general said, "Nah, we're not enforcing any of this anymore." So it's all breaking apart now. Cuomo, though, in New York is going to be re-upping all this stuff. And I think 12,000 bars in, are expected to com- com- be completely destroyed. Right. Uh, and, and restaurants. The economy in New York is just being, just destroying it as, as, as to the best of their abilities. And it's Cuomo's fault. You know, a good portion of the deaths were nursing home deaths. And mm-hmm. Cuomo was putting sick people in nursing homes. Did you see he tried denying it? Yeah. He's like, that never happened. And then a bunch of journalists were like, uh, like this was <laughs> like, really recently. We yeah. think we're able to, yeah. that's what, was, that's what frustrates me about. There are these like blue Twitter quote journalist check marks who love to blame as like 200,000 coronavirus deaths on Trump as if somehow Trump, if he were more competent, would be able to be the only country pretty much with zero coronavirus deaths. And they also they also don't talk about where all these deaths are coming from places like New York, right? I mean, yeah. no one forced Cuomo to do that. No, that was like Cuomo with Joker makeup on being like, <laughs> if I put sick COVID people into nursing homes, 
What? what d- come on, man. I, I, I don't think anyone in their right mind could assume that that was innocent. Yeah. It was just an honest mistake. Mm-mm. I mean, it's the most vulnerable population when it comes to COVID. <laughs> Why wouldn't I put a person who's got, who's got you know, COVID into the nursing home? Why did that's, he do it? I don't know. I don't think he has a real reason. Maybe he's, trying to rescue like their state entitlement program or something. I don't no, know. he's that's saying it easy. never happened. That's the crazy thing. Now he, now, like, he did an interview and he's like, that never happened. And they're like, oh, actually, like, nope, never happened. You're wrong. And they're like, actually, oh, no, wrong. Insane. Wrong. Hey, but on the upside... <laughs> The curve is flattened, mm-hmm. according to the data. <laughs> From months ago, yeah, it's been yeah. flat for a long so, time. So we're suffering economic now, but people actually are not suffering nearly what they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, so COVID was, so the, the, the issue is, I think we've got really short memories in this, in this year, I guess. Yeah. Before this all kicked off, it was conservatives that were actually the most concerned at first. Mm-hmm. And I, ma- I made several videos, I made a couple of videos in January that were like approved and i was like whoa something crazy is happening in in wuhan and then after covid got crazy they actually demonetized it after the fact because it's like all of a sudden now you can't talk about covid yeah it was really weird because it was before it made its way here but it was a global pandemic so it was a mass casualty incident and then once it became really obvious it was affecting everybody like okay fine we're gonna monetize this content again but so so early on conservatives were very concerned tucker carlson flew to mar-a-lago to talk to trump and was like yo this is serious so Trump did all these things, started the task force, banned tra- uh, travel to China for the most part. I love how they say, no, he didn't because this, that, and this. Okay, dude, he traveled, he, he banned travel except for people who are returning back and for, I think, like official business. And then he put heavy restrictions on European travel. Mm-hmm. Fauci in March said, what the administration is doing is wonderful and I don't think anyone could do better. Mm-hmm. And the New York Times had this slider bar where you could be like, if the if the percentage if the mortality rate is three percent, here's how many dead. And it's like six million. How many people are dead now? Two hundred two hundred thousand. So here's what ends up happening. You go to these conservatives who read that news and saw what Trump was saying, and then they look at two you know the the uh, the media like the New York Times saying potential is two million deaths. Trump says we're at two hundred thousand. It's it's horrible, but it's way better than two million. The pollsters then ask the conservative. Do you think 200,000 dead is an acceptable? acceptable, yeah. And they say, yes, it is. And then the Democrats go, oh, 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 yeah. oh no. Is, isn't it true that 94% of those 200,000 had comorbidities? Yeah. Like yeah. on average of two to three more? Yeah. 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 So, so what's really interesting about the comorbidities thing is that COVID killed them. But many of these people, with all due respect, were not longer this world. Or COVID mm-hmm. was in their system when something killed them. No, COVID did kill them. So the comorbidities means COVID is the factor. But if it was like they were, they had like terminal heart disease and some, then they got COVID. Some people had uh, uh, advanced renal failure. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So, right, yeah. Like, dude. So, so for sure. And there, there were some instances, I think it was in Florida where like a guy got no motorcycle accident and they were like, oh, oh come on. No joke. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Illinois, yeah. There's, there's a video on this. Adam was going, was going nuts on this one, like showing the video being like, look at what she's saying. It was a, a press conference where like the, the, one of the top medical people in the Illinois government was saying, if someone dies and then we discover they had COVID in the system, it's a COVID death. And she goes, for instance, if a car accident, there's like literally a press conference where she says this. Yeah. So, however, however, I think you've got, uh, I, I, it's, it's, there's no conspiracy. It's just people are kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, what the crazy thing to me about all of this stuff, especially with the conspiracy theories is this idea that there's always someone who's super powerful. It's like, haven't, haven't these people realized yet that you're an adult and everyone around you is just like equally dumb? Clueless, you know yes. what I mean? It's like at, at a certain point, 
I remember when I was growing up, I always have questions. I'd be like, how does this work? How does that work? And then, you know, my dad always had answers for me when I was like a you know, teenager, like, how does this? He's like, oh, well. And then it got to a point where I was like in my 20s and I'm like, how does this work? And I'd ask some like advanced government question. I have no idea. And I'd be like, oh, I guess I'm an adult now. I got to figure <laughs> things out for myself. But the, that's, when, that's when I kind of realized like the, the level of my understanding and everyone else, it's like fairly equal now. You know, in, in various respects, like I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor. You know, doctors know more than I do. And I think a lot of people aren't journalists and kind of think they know everything, but there's a lot of people who think they know everything. But we're getting to this point now where it's like, dude, if you can't pull off a grand conspiracy to like flub all these numbers nationwide, I don't think they can either. Mm -hmm. They could be like wealthy and, and evil and have a lot of friends, and they're still not going to pull off any kind of grand conspiracy. What I think really happens is that these people are panicky, lazy, and dumb. I mean, here's the simple solution to all of this. People in government are ineffective. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 that's Amen. the way it is. Yeah. You know, you've, if you've got a competition in market, you might get talent. But for the most part, you got people who are like, oh, somebody died. Oh, it says COVID on the chart. They put it in. And then later someone's like, hey, that guy died in a motorcycle accident. Oh, <laughs> oops. Happens yeah. all the time. I think uh, panicky is a great word. Panicky? Yeah. A lot of these people are panicking. Mm-hmm. Like, did you see the, the cops arresting the pregnant woman in Australia on the beach? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. No, oh, what happened? Man, she just screamed she's pregnant, and her sister's like, she's pregnant. Because she wasn't wearing a mask or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And there's also been, uh, it was, uh, like, I think a child at, uh, gosh, it was some sort of sporting event. I think she was on the bleachers. She wasn't wearing the mask, and the security guard got, like, freaked out. It's like, okay, say that there is this huge risk of coronavirus contaminating you because she's not wearing a mask. Is, is what you want to do really go, get into like a physical <laughs> confrontation yeah, with them? No. That's why not. I, that's why I really love the old to toilet paper videos. Remember that? Like earlier in the year when people were running full oh, speed. Yeah. So it's like we have a pandemic coming and it is, it is a very serious illness. And then a video of like a hundred people shoulder brawling. to shoulder, like brawling yeah. for toilet paper. <laughs> and it's like. Y'all are going to get sick. Yeah. You know, that was a huge wake up call for me, though, because I realized a lot of people are living toilet paper roll to toilet paper roll. I don't know. I stock up like <laughs> I, yeah. have, just, I have just a lot of it. And I'm like, what are you people you always use it? Yeah. I, we, when uh, uh, we drove out to go to do the Rogan show yeah. mm -hmm. on the way back, we were, we were in Arizona in some like little bumpkin town. We go to the gas station. Nobody wearing masks. Everything was normal. And I was wearing a mask and I was like, oh, I walked up and I was like, nobody, I went to the lady, the, the, the clerk and I was like, nobody's wearing masks. And she's like, ah, we don't care. I was like, huh? And I was like, you're not concerned about what's going on. I mean, people are fighting over toilet paper. And she laughed. She's like, oh, honey, we're preppers. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, it was like a small town. And then she told me this funny story. She was like, I remember when we saw all these videos of people fighting over toilet paper, my husband looks at me and he goes, you think we got enough toilet paper? And she's like, are you kidding? We got three months. We're yeah. preppers. And he went, oh yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like Liam, my fiance and producer, he he kind of makes fun of me for being a prepper because I mean, I'm not hardcore. I don't have a bunker. I would if I could. Oh, right. But I don't right now. But it's like, yeah, like my family, we have water. We have toilet paper. We have like medications. We have some emergency rations. I would love for more. But, you know, we are prepared a little bit. And I did feel this little sense of indication like, haha, who's crazy now? Right. <laughs> some good things to get are salt and honey. Yeah. They never. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Honey for sure. Vinegar too. Yeah, and so, actually, um, some, some companies sell like, uh, like seed collections, all yes. things that you can grow like really easily. He's got, he, you bought one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I want ham. Yeah, yes, cause we're, did. cause yeah, we're waiting yeah. for, you know, it's, I don't think COVID is going to do anything. I don't think there's going to be any kind of massive unrest. I think people are going to will the asteroid into existence <laughs> or to finally come in. Solar flare. Or, I mean, there's anything. so many things that could knock out the power grid yeah. for like six weeks or two no, weeks. No, 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 no. This is what people don't realize. 
This is why, like, okay, so look, I did a, I did a promo several times for food buckets, like the emergency food last 25, 25 mm-hmm. years or whatever. And people are like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, dude, sometimes it rains. Yeah. It's like you watch, you watch these videos and it's like a flood happened and people have been trapped in their homes for two weeks. And I'm like, I hope they have food. Mm-hmm. Did, yeah. Were you guys aware of like the Midwest, how it got just massively flooded oh, early yeah. in the year? Like in yeah. Iowa. It yeah. barely didn't get a lot of media attention. Yeah. Cause it's were, cause, like, in stunned silence. But because sometimes it rains. So like, even though when we have these disasters, it's not, it's not news to most of these outlets. They're like, I don't know. If we told people it was raining really bad and there was a flood, they'd be like, yeah, that happens all the time. It's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't interest me. So you actually have a lot of people. This, this is what I, I never understood about this stuff is like, aren't you concerned that so, you might get stuck in a blizzard? Cause like that happens all the time in the Midwest. Right. And it, it happens all the time, like in Canada too. And where I live, I used to live like behind a farm and in front of a slightly bigger farm. We would lose power all the time, sometimes for days, you know, very common have backup generators, food that's easy to prepare and things like that. Cause you just, you never know. And I feel like, you know, hearing people in the city, kind of try to tell people who actually have to deal with these situations, mm-hmm. oh, you don't need that. You're just, you're being overly precautious, paranoid, whatever. It's like, you don't know. And I think some of them got a huge wake up call when the whole COVID thing happened. Because, bought I mean, guns. Yeah. Yes. They bought guns and they bought toilet paper because they're in these little, <laughs> little tiny apartments where you can't really store anything, right? You can't have food storage. You can't have a generator. You can't have guns because you're not allowed to. And like, yeah, they're vulnerable. They're living on top of each other in concrete cubicles where everything mm. smells like sour milk. Yeah, live in the pod. Here's, yeah, live in the pod. <laughs> yeah. Bend the knee. I, what, I, what I really love the most is I am uh, – when it comes to telling people to like get a bucket of emergency food, mm-hmm. that's the very centrist ap- approach to prepping. So I have all these conservatives mo- like laughing, being like, a food bucket? I got a storage facility. I got a 1,000 <laughs> yeah. rounds per gun. I got 20 guns. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll do better. And then the city people, the leftists, are like, what a moron buying these buckets. Yeah. Oh, you're so dumb. I have Uber Eats. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, but, but here's one I love. So uh, our friend Luke over at We Are Change yes. has been doing survivalist <laughs> training. Like hard. Awesome. He's got like, he's doing like rifle training. He's filming all of it. It's pretty cool. That's so cool. He looks so fun. And then someone commented, Tim Pool's virgin food buckets versus <laughs> Luke's Chad survivalist training. And I'm like, okay, dude. Yeah. yeah, it was really funny. Yeah, he's got an RV. We found the RV yeah. hookup. So yeah, Luke, man, come really on. Cool. Show me how to shoot. Yeah. Let's right, do, we'll have let's, fun. Actually, my, my fiance bought his first gun. And like he was, we'd done our like firearm certification course thing because we're in Canada. They're weird with guns. We'd done it a while ago, but like the, everything going on, it kind of spurred him on to get his own. And we have, we have a couple as well. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's good to be prepared. Personally, I don't know. You have an Asian background too. You can weigh in on this. I think I oh, would yeah. do well in an apocalypse because i'd eat anything <laughs> yeah like i would eat except like, milk and red wine yeah well you know upset the tummy but i mean aside from that i'm scrappy i think i would do well th- what, what does being asian people. have to do with that you'd eat anything right i guess Is yeah that an Asian thing well i don't know i i, I my fiance he'll like freak out about the weirdest things yeah, like, maybe oh. that's true like i used to he, I used he doesn't want to watch... eat bugs i know i know that's like a, a big deal for people they're like how could they're trying to make us eat bugs mm. i agree that the pot thing is disappointed I would totally eat bugs. I got no problem with bugs. Right? No problem yeah. with bugs. Yeah, why not? What about you, Ian? I'd eat bugs. Yeah, see? Oh, okay, I want to yeah. eat and grass. You're white. Yeah, I want to learn how to eat grass. <laughs> I think you, you eat it and you'll puke, but then you eat it again and you oh maybe you'll puke gosh. and then your body slowly, you boil you it in some tea it. with some lemon and some salt if yeah. you have access to it. Adaptive you got to break down the cellulose. It'd give you yeah. that. Yeah, I think tea, grass tea is the way to go. But mm. people should be able to, if we can learn to subsist off grass, I think human yeah. rice is going to be okay. I, I don't think, okay. I, don't, I, I think we subsist off grass by having cows eat it. And, and then, then we like, you know, yes. eat the cow. <laughs> yeah. Something I mean, like that. I, I agree. I like your philosophy. I did the carnivore diet for several months and mm-hmm. that was like a 
that was an experience. It's tough. Then what was that like? I have never felt so good in my entire life. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like like I was telling you, I have I've had the sniffles for like pretty much forever, and I have the immune system of a bubble boy. Oh. Get sick all the time. Um, and you know I have trouble sleeping, anxiety. I like I mean not not serious stuff, but stuff over the past couple of years where I don't feel my best. But on carnivore, I had energy, no problem sleeping, waking up early. I just I just felt amazing. But it's sad because I love carbs. So what? Yeah, so why did you get off the carnivore diet? Because I love carbs. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So and it was an like, yeah I, yeah, I know. I totally am. And like, I went through sugar withdrawals. And like, you know, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't even drink coffee. So really. So it's like, I, I, I used to think that I was like pretty like, oh, clean living. I don't have any addictions. That's not true. Like there sugar. was a point. Yeah. I would have stabbed it a homeless hurts. person yeah. or like <laughs> a, really a pizza crust. No, <laughs> it was bad. Gluten. They, the United States has basically been telling us to eat it on the food pyramid and stuff because that's what is grown in the United States. Yeah. So it's like a business, but it's not corn good man. for the body. Corn everything. We feed, yeah. we feed fish corn and wheat. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so cloggy and yeah. like, ooh, mucusy. But I, I I remember this is a big fad. Everyone was doing the carnivore diet, but then everyone stopped doing it. So I'm kind of like, yeah. Well, so what is it? Is it just pure meat? Yeah, it's just pure meat. And also, like, I mean, I'm hope, um, I'm hoping that next year is the year get pregnant. Um, but also, like, as as good as I felt, I don't feel comfortable. Like, you know, they say if you have a really restrictive diet when you're pregnant, um, it can lead to things like allergies and stuff like that. I don't want my kid to be allergic to anything, so you know, I want to like be eating everything while I'm pregnant. Peanut butter. Yeah, Lots exactly. A lot of peanut butter. Yeah. I would shrimp. Yeah. Yeah. All the peanut big butter, allergens. Shrimp. Thai food, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say Thai food. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'd be miserable if I was allergic to peanut butter because, like, peanut butter is just—it's the best. It's the best put thing. Put on everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how, do, how do we get into this conversation? Like, what survival? Survival. survival food. Toilet yeah. paper. Yeah. Toilet paper. Yes. Yeah. The apocalypse. Toilet paper. Oh, speaking of what kind of power structure do you have in your house? Do you use solar now? Oh, right, right, right. Now we just use regular. But my fiance and I, so he's indigenous, and they have his tribe. They have essentially a, a thing where they'll give you land if you build on it. Ooh. Um, right. Just like, so cool. here's some land. Go ahead. And it's by this beautiful, beautiful lake. It's like lakefront property. Um, so we, we've been looking at like prefab houses over there. You don't pay any taxes. So we've been looking at prefab houses to put up there. And like, uh, you know, I would love to get solar or something up there oh, and kind of be off the grid. You get and, like a modular, yeah. Um, yeah. shipping container, super high tech. Well, actually, they have really, really nice prefab houses yes. now. Like they, they have ones with like stone detailing. They have ones that are like two f- stories. They have like wow. really, really beautiful ones that you wouldn't even tell were prefab but they're just cheaper because they you know they build them in bulk and stuff oh, like that's that. have you guys really have you guys cool. seen the the 3d printed house thing that's no. the videos oh, yeah, that's so yeah cool. it's like a gigantic machine that sprays concrete and then it just like draws the house Dude. and then they frame over it that's it's crazy cool. awesome yeah. yeah we're on the yeah. verge of something big yeah unless you know we get wiped out by civil war the apocalypse a solar flare that would also right. be yeah. something big so We've been, uh, uh, I know a lot of people, it's a meme, Tim Pool talking about mm-hmm. Civil War. But with the uh, the election coming up, I, 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 wanted, I wanted to ask you specifically about this because you're Canadian. Mm-hmm. What's your perspective on what's happening here? Do you, like, so the, the escalation of violence, right? Yeah. So recently we've had a bunch of Trump rallies. And then the left shows up and starts attacking the Trump supporters. And now you've got these stories popping up in mainstream news that right-wing militias are coming and they're going to take over. And it's like they're not even anywhere in sight. Like, yeah. who are these people? But but I'm curious, based on your perspective as a Canadian, what you think is going to happen? Well, I mean, the thing with American politics is that it's it's kind of it's kind of like an STD. 
It's red. <laughs> yes, go it's on. Red. What okay. starts, like, what starts in American politics is going to infect the rest of the country. And I use the word infect very consciously. Look at things like critical race theory, right? Mm. That's everywhere. It started off in academia. And I think kind of like, well, I mean, there's argument to me to be made like the Frankfurt School German and stuff. But I think, you know, a lot of it has come from Americans. Yeah. And now it's all over the Western world. And I mean, we see the same thing with like, let's take Black Lives Matter. There are Black Lives Matter protests in Montreal, in Toronto. We've seen them in Europe. So it's, it's everywhere. Um, and, you know, with these Antifa groups, they're getting bolder in the U.S. Again, we're seeing that in places like Montreal, like Toronto. Um, so, you know, when we see this escalation happening in the United States, it's only a matter of time before it kind of spreads, especially in Canada. We're so close um, and culturally, like, very, very similar, especially with social media. So it's kind of scary to see um, because even in Canada, our last election cycle, ca- Canadians are pretty apathetic about politics, you know, for, for better or worse. You know, because it's nice. We don't really riot as much, but it's also concerning because there are a lot of problems that people don't talk about. Um, but yeah, this past election cycle was the first time it actually kind of felt almost like an American one. Like, you know, people were there wow. like, well, the Hamilton event. I don't know if you saw with uh, Dave Rubin and Maxim Bernier. There were Antifa oh, people. That's really- right. yeah. They attacked that old guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. In the well, street. That happened in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, especially with the whole Barrett situation coming up, things are just going to get worse. There's going to be What's more and more tension, right? Barrett? I mean, Tony Barrett. Yeah, with the oh, Supreme oh, Court oh, yeah, pick, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, regardless of what happens, if they don't manage to get her through before the election, then the Democrats are going to be galvanized. And if they do manage to get her through, then uh, Democrats are going to think that uh, Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> I, I, I read once that there was like a, a ruling from a high court in Canada that saying sorry was not an admission of guilt. I don't know if that's true or just I'm a meme. I'm not sure. I haven't heard. I, have, I wouldn't be surprised, though. Right. Because yeah. that's like the, the meme about Canada. It's yeah. Like, you know, so, but actually, Canada, sorry. it's it's kind of disappointing because, I mean, on the surface level, we're pretty free. And don't get me wrong. I would if you're a Canadian, you're still very, very lucky. But the thing you have to understand about Canada is that right to self-defense, not a thing. Right to bear arms, not a mm-hmm. thing. Even you know, right to freedom of speech, not really a thing. We have this thing called the Canadian like Charter of Rights and Freedoms, but every essential right and freedom kind of has a little asterisk next to it saying, subject to the whims of the government. Right. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So, it's part of the British Commonwealth. Yeah. And a, a lot of the law is kind of based on like... Uh, is it is it so, still though? I thought it, I thought it, they left. Well, no. Way. Our our head of state is still technically the queen. She's still on all, wow. all of our money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's weird. And she she appoints someone to to run. You guys vote for Trudeau, right? Yeah, or well, you we vote have for whoever. We have the parliamentary system, which I think is inferior because the the administrative head is is also the legislative head, and you don't actually vote for a prime minister. You vote for the party. And whoever gets whatever party gets the most votes, the head of that party becomes the prime minister. So, for example, if I'm an American, I can completely and I'm I'm able to in my own local district vote for, let's say, a Democrat. But then for president, I want Trump and I want them to be able to have that check and balance system between the the parties. You can't do that in Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah. Does the and queen- now you're stuck with Trudeau. I feel bad for you guys. Prime Minister Blackface, but he's yeah. dreamy. <laughs> yeah, he's dreamy. Cool. And actually, we were we were talking about all of the economic hardships that Corona is causing. He recently pledged to donate 400 million Canadian dollars to fight COVID abroad. Oh, but that's like 10 bucks. 
<laughs> okay, okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, this this happening as so many Canadians are, and so many Canadian businesses are facing bankruptcies, and you know we're having a lot of economic problems. But it's okay because he's taking care of the people world. Abroad. Is, is yeah. he like? Is his hand held by the Queen? How does that work? How much autonomy does he have? Oh, he has total autonomy. I mean, it's it's largely ceremonial. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I were somehow crowned monarch of England, I would like reform the Commonwealth. I would get things going oh, again. Does but... she she control the military? She controls the military of Australia. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure about Australia, I but know. I know for Canada, it's it's largely ceremonial. I mean, like on the books, she is technically, but it's it's yeah, not something like, that's people wouldn't go for it. Yeah. I was I was talking to some British people too, and I asked them like, what would happen if the Queen actually intervened in affairs? And they're like, people would probably snap mm-hmm. and flip out. Like it's 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 a she's a, you know she's the head of state. She does have the power, but she never uses it. It's largely viewed as like never going to happen. Yeah, right. she's, yeah. A, she's essentially like a figurehead and a tourist attraction you at know, this point. You know the yeah. You know what the problem is with all of our leaders? No, well, not Trump, not Trump. Um, Trudeau and the Democrats, they're not leaders. They don't want to take responsibility for anything that happens. So they're playing it perfectly. If the businesses get wiped out, they can say, oh, but, but COVID, mm-hmm. you know, we had lockdown. If they release the lockdown and someone dies, they'll get blamed. So that's the best thing they can do is just say, well, we had to lock down as a pandemic. And then as everyone's lives are destroyed and businesses are wiped out, they can say, oh, don't look at me. It was COVID. Yeah. Yeah. But then if people die, they'll say, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? So they're basically use the heaviest hand possible to absolve myself of any and all leadership and responsibility. And then you get someone like Trump, who, of course, is far from perfect. But he's saying, like, we got to keep the economy going. Mm -hmm. And you had all of these 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 stories coming out. You had the U.N., I guess, saying a study, 250 million people could die from starvation because the economy grinding to a halt. And this is why doctors should not choose how to, like, doctors don't run countries. Yes. So, like, you, you have Fauci saying all these great things, you know, early on. Donald Trump's doing a great job. Okay, that's wonderful. Then later on, he's like, well, here's what we should have done. There are reasons why we elect people to represent us to make decisions, and we don't just have appointed doctors. Because mm-hmm. the doctor doesn't understand how banking works. Doctor doesn't understand how business in New York works. Right. The doctor's going to be like, this virus will kill these people. We got to shut down to stop these people from dying. Then the economist is going to say, mm, that's interesting. We're going to lose twice as many people if the economy shuts down. Right. Because starvation, homelessness, sickness, depression, depression yeah. suicide. Addiction. Oh, yeah, all that stuff. And it's all just the, 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 the only thing we end up hearing is, and I love this part, where they're like, you must listen to the science and listen to the doctors. It's like, okay, all right. Then Trump's doctors comes out, come out and they're like, he's okay to leave. Everything's great. And they're like, no, <laughs> he's sick. He's going to kill people. There's actually somebody tweeted. You know, Trump is going to kill people by leaving. And I'm like, you know what, man? There is a tweet for every circumstance about Trump and whatever. And it's like they, they have done everything in their power to make sure he cannot actually do anything. But they're not doing anything. So, you know, it reminds me of it reminds me of like a dad, like, you know, walking to the backyard to like, I don't know, fire up the grill and the kids are holding on his legs screaming. <laughs> and he's like, Ugh, trying to walk and the kids <laughs> won't let go. And you're really annoying. That's basically what's going on, in my opinion. Um. Who do you think are some great leaders in the world? Man, I don't know. That's a tough one. If you had to pick three. Like, define leader, I guess. You define it. Oh, man, good leaders. Not followers. I don't know. What do you think? You're the guest. Well, you, I mean, you, you I have... The there, there are certain politicians that I like, but, un, like, unfortunately for me, they don't always tend to win. So I don't, oh. know, I don't know if you can call them leaders. Rand mm-hmm. Paul. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely Rand Paul. Rand Paul, I like. Yeah. Uh, Maxim Bernier, who's Canadian. Mm-hmm. He he tried to start up the uh, the only actual like libertarian kind of center right party in Canada because the conservatives in Canada are like, I mean, they're 
Essentially Democrats. Yeah, I mean, because it's still still Canada. Um, Him I like. Let's see, a third one. Let's see, anyone in Europe that's cool? Uh, Victor. Yeah, Victor Orban. He's he's kind of authoritarian, though, but I, I, I like a lot of lot of what he does like i don't know enough about him to say i support him because you know there i'm sure there's probably things that i don't condone but i mean overall i think you know when it comes to things like immigration they've at least been listening to their their people which is something that a lot of people i think in canada and the u.s don't feel like is happening i guess i guess the question is like what like a good leader is an opinion right yeah there's there's reasons to say why the, the the democrats that are obstructing trump in a million ways you could argue is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I personally don't think so, but I'm sure they could come up with something like, oh, but, you know, putting a check on executive authority is important no matter what. And I'm kind of like, yeah, but, uh, you know, jamming a wrench in the spokes for the sake of damaging the spokes isn't, yeah. you know, real leadership. But I'm sure someone could argue something like that. You could argue that Vladimir Putin is very strong and he makes Russia strong. Yeah, he's efficient. Right. An efficient yeah. leader. Yeah. Xi Jinping. Yeah. yeah. Also efficient. <laughs> China, hey, look, look. China is 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 dominating. Yeah. And so, sure, they've got concentration camps. The, the, the question is, like, what constitutes a good leader? From an American perspective, it's very, very different from what other people in the world would say for sure. I, I think so. I don't think those people are good leaders, by the way. I think in the, like, the private sector, like Elon Musk strikes Definitely. me as a leader. Jeff Definitely. Bezos is, mm. a, is a leader. I, people, a lot of might get down on me for, for saying that about Jeff. But, I mean, he's got blue. What's that blue? What's his space program called? You know, I've, I've been spending a lot of time on Facebook, and I just really like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg is the greatest. <laughs> Susan the greatest leader. We must find, all vote Zuckerberg. Do you yes. find great leaders in the private sector? Do you think they gravitate towards politics or maybe, because I don't know, sometimes I think leaders can lead from behind. Sometimes they Oh, they can absolutely be in the private sector. And oh. I think a lot of a lot of them are in the Most private sector. You know yeah. who's a bad leader? Jay Inslee. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, yeah. You know who he is? No. He's governor of uh, Washington. And Boeing just announced they're leaving. So there's a, there's a lot of reasons. Yeah. They're, they're losing a ton of money because no one's flying anymore. So that means they're in trouble. They make planes. I mean, they make other things too, but yeah, they do. Uh, uh, So anyway, they're going to consolidate their production, I think, in South Carolina. And so now they're losing all these jobs in Washington. But I do think it has a lot to do with COVID restrictions, Mm -hmm. probably has a lot to do with the the rioting. But we also saw the same thing with Elon Musk. He's moving, I guess he's moving to Texas. Is that what he's going? So, man, I'm seeing all this stuff go down. I remember when Elon was like, I'm leaving because the state is insane. And they were basically harassing him, even though the state said, here's what you got to do to open. And he was like, we're good. The local county was like, no, we're not going to let you, Elon. So he leaves. And you just reminds me of Atlas Shrugged. Mm. All the all the heads of yep. industry are like, we're out. Well, you can this, have your regulation. There's this huge exodus out of California, right? I mean, Joe Rogan's leaving. Elon Musk is leaving. Daily Wire folks. I mean, yeah, I just, Blair White. Blair White. Yeah, yeah, I feel like there's so many people who are just like, all right, I'm out. And I don't. I mean, I don't blame them. And it's it's sad because there are parts of California that are really beautiful. There are a lot of wonderful people. Like there are good things about California. It's it's a very successful state in a lot of different metrics. They attract talent. But man, do they love killing business there. They just yeah. they love it. I left in 2018 and I went back a few months ago and I have no at, at all yeah. desire to go back there. It was like so stuffy. And I mean, it's this beautiful, wide open Los Angeles, particularly wide open space with homeless people everywhere. Great and smelling air. But yeah. this time like, it was like you had to wear a mask and everybody was like. I don't know. Well, gross, but, 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 the, but the mask waiting is be- in lines to get to the grocery but even store. I, the, the mask is because of the typhoid outbreak, not because <laughs> yeah, of yeah, yeah. not a coronavirus. Yeah, but, but I went to I did my freshman year at USC and, uh, you know, I grew up in Southeast Asia, but L.A. was the only time in my life that I remember feeling genuinely unsafe for my like just 
my personhood, my property. I had, I'd never experienced anything like it. It's a like horrible it. place. It is. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it, it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy. I used to Indeed. love it. Love it. In like 2005 and six, you know, weed was legal for the first time in, in my life. And it was like, wow, this is like the liberal. This is where we can change the country. We can start here. And it felt like that. And the entertainment industry was mm -hmm. killing it. All these YouTubers were flocking to Los Angeles, the beach, 72 degrees every day. It was yeah. like. And now they're repealing civil rights law. Yeah, and feces in the <laughs> wow. streets. Yeah. yeah. Dirty yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And the funny thing is about the, the poop patrol in San Francisco is that there's, it's actually a problem in other cities, too, but they're just the worst. Mm -hmm. What I love about San Francisco is that there's someone made a map of all of the instances of, of human poop in the streets. And when you look at it, there's so many. It's just a giant brown splotch <laughs> over the map. You can't even see the city. Yeah, because yeah, oh. there's so many. They actually had to hire a poop patrol. Like, yeah. it's like, could you imagine? It's like. Your town is going over their expenses. Like, well, the fire department costs us this much per, per year. We have EMS and police. And, ah, yes, the poop department. Like, that's crazy. Is it taxpayer funded? Yeah, it's public. Yeah. It's a public program. It's like, it's like they, they come out with, and spray the poop down. Ugh. That's, that's nuts. Like, are there other departments we don't know about that just don't, re, re, like, register with us? Like, we all know the fire department. We all know the, we all know the police department. Mm -hmm. But are, is there, like... Other government programs because the poop department seems like that's a new one. It's, yeah. it's new, yeah, for sure. You know, Maybe. and 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 uh, uh, hopefully not the rest of our future. Yeah, well, actually, know? we did a video about San Francisco. Um, we called it San Francisco. <laughs> um, but yeah, they have they they have a lot of infrastructure dedicated to the homeless. I think they spend like. It, an actual person's yearly income per year on each homeless person because what they're still homeless um and it's it's crazy because it's, and it's actually i i know a lot of conservatives like like to laugh at san francisco because they feel like this vindication that ah, all of your, your far left policies are bad but it is sad i remember i when i was i think 18 or 19 i visited san francisco and i thought it was beautiful and it's like if you're from there and you see what your city has become like if you're a business owner out there and now you have like someone shooting up in front of your business every day feces on the street there's like videos online that have gone viral of like women being attacked by random crazy homeless people like that's man i, I don't think and there's, there's a and, and, and and all the while there's a starbucks literally across the street from the starbucks like no joke yeah, yeah there, and there's focus. like I, I remember i was at a starbucks and this is like i forgot what this was like it's near market street or something and i'm walking out and i look I was, as i'm walking out i'm like there's a starbucks across the street there's a line i was like but i just walked out of a starbucks with no line <laughs> Why would anybody? This is the weirdest. Yeah, I know. No, no kidding. That Starbucks is the good Starbucks. Yeah, lived, yeah, uh, right. In San Francisco in 2014 ish, I lived there for like a year, and it was really cool to get offered like, "Hey, do you want to buy mushrooms as you're walking down the street?" Oh, <laughs> the first time, but like yeah. the 19th time, it's just. And then the guys so like trying to step past, step over people and pass yeah. people, and you're like, "No, man." Now you got like whole it's markets where they're like no, hold, just hold, holding up in their jacket. They and really just, will. Like, They'll crazy. try and sell you like right up. They'll just walk up to you and be like, "Want to buy some mushrooms?" I don't know if they do it to everybody. San Francisco <laughs> is my <laughs> long hair. <laughs> it's, it's, it's capital. It's capital city from the Hunger Games, right? Yeah, San Francisco. So, yeah, so you have these big wealthy industries. You have these these tech companies that are in not necessarily San Francisco, but the Bay Area. Super wealthy, powerful, big tech in Silicon Valley. And then you have like, it's, it's, it's like, it, it, it's the scariest thing about it is it reminds me kind of, uh, of Ukraine where you have oligarchs who control everything lo like, you know, and then you have all extreme poverty. So think about uh, another city that would be like San Francisco. And it's, it's hard to find where you have some of the wealthiest people on the planet, billionaires mm -hmm. running their empires, mostly San Francisco. And at the same time, you have poor people taking dumps in the street and doing drugs. Right. 
and there's rampant homelessness. I think India has a lot of cities, not maybe not a lot, but Delhi, I think, is like that. No, yeah. for sure, for sure. I mean, in the U.S., in the US this I, is like I can't think of one. It's it's it reminds me of Ukraine, where a small handful of oligarchs control everything, and because they're so wealthy, they basically set the prices, and mm-hmm. they'll never lose their power. And that's kind of what we get with big tech, where they control what we can see, hear, and even say. Then you have all these really, you know, poor people. So they're clearly not interested in helping, you know, anybody. It's well, actually, just I, I think they they think they're interested in helping people. And that's why they push far left policies. And I really do think that a lot of the, the people from San Francisco, even somewhere like L.A. that has a huge, you know, wealth inequality issue. I think they think the rest of the country is like that. Like in their yeah. cities, you you have the millionaires, the billionaires and the homeless people. And I think they think. A, that's common, and B, it's also capitalism's fault. So that's why in these hubs, these liberal hubs, you have like, I mean, literal socialists who want to tear down the system. So this, this, we were talking a little, a little bit about this before the show started, but uh, I, I wanted to ask you, because I, I was sort of asking you earlier, but we'll just go back into it. From a Canadian perspective, what do you think is going to happen in the U.S. on election night? I mean, I don't like usually to make predictions because I'm always worried about being put into one of those like reels of people being wrong and then owned. So I try, I try to avoid making any, like, any predictions, but I, I do think Trump will win. I mean, I definitely think he was on course to win in a landslide before the whole COVID thing. Um, you know, then things kind of became a little bit unclear, but right now I think a lot of people are tired of the restrictions and a lot of people are worried about the economy. And I think Trump has a proven track record on that. And I know a lot of, you know, Democrats are trying to say that this torpedoed economy is Trump's fault, but people remember, right? They remember like filing their taxes from last year. They remember how how well things were going, and I think they trust that a lot more than Biden. But the polls have, you know, in some states, Biden's up like nearly double digits. Yeah, I mean, I remember what the polls said last time as well, and it, it's hard because I don't want to be one of those people who just dismisses polls because they don't like what I what I think and I, I want to just have confirmation bias but i think there there is a proven issue with trying to pull trump supporters and his base i think we saw that last year and i know the last election cycle two years ago you know, things didn't go well for the republicans in terms of the house but trump wasn't on the ticket then right he I agree. is he yeah. is now and there are a lot of people who probably didn't vote in the primaries because trump wasn't there they're maybe not necessarily republicans uh maybe not necessarily even politically active but now that trump is on the ticket this time i think it's going to make a difference so so the polls in 2016 were off by a couple points, maybe like a point or two. Mm-hmm. And so what ended up happening is you had all these forecasters like, oh, if Michigan's going Hillary, then Trump's going to win. Trump ended up winning uh, from uh, due to 77,000 votes across several swing states. Like in some states, it was thin margins mm-hmm. where he got winner take all electoral votes. So he did really well in the Electoral College. The weird thing now is like uh, we, we, we had uh, Jack Murphy on the podcast recently, and he asked me, he's like, do you think the conditions that led to Donald Trump are worse or do you think things have gotten better? I'm like, oh, it's way worse. And he's like, so then why would Trump lose? Right. And I'm like, but the polls, right? The polls were wrong. But come on, like Biden's up by like 10 points in some of these polls, like 14, 27 among seniors, like some ridiculous numbers, unless they're literally lying and the polls are like broken beyond repair. Mm-hmm. I mean, can, can, is that, is that, is that a strong possibility? This is, the, this is the, what I was thinking, like, Maybe what happened in 2016 was the polls were slightly off, not because they, they couldn't find Trump's base and they fixed and, and they went out to fix it. Maybe their attempts to fix it resulted in them going the other direction. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I feel like that's wishful thinking. I, 
Oh, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say that, I mean, polling is a really, really hard thing to do accurately. I mean, any type of social science quantification is going to be difficult, right? I mean, because basically what you're doing with these polls is you have small groups and you're hoping that you're, you're going to be as representative as possible. But there's no way to do that without any type of bias at all. So I think, you know, when we look at polls, you, you, they, they have a margin of error for a reason. And I think they're usually pretty, I mean, they're pretty optimistic with the margins of error that they give. So that's the first thing. And also the second thing is I see a lot of national polls and people always love to talk about the national polls. The, the American president is not chosen by direct democracy, right? right? Yep. So it's a lot more useful to do what you do and talk about these specific states that might be swing states and how they're performing in those areas. But when I see stuff about like overall, you know, Biden is up nationally, it's like, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if yeah. everybody in California loves Biden and hates Trump. Like he was never going to get those votes anyway. There's a, a, a poll from Democracy Institute and I think the Sunday Express in the UK that has Trump actually up nationally, mm-hmm. has Biden at 45, Trump at 46. And I, and that, that's why I asked you, you know, I say like, you're Canadian. Yeah. And it's because I wonder if the reason, the difference between these polls in the US versus, you know, the Sunday Express is like, you've got a UK company. They don't know or care for the most part about our biases. I'm sure they do a little bit, but they're probably like from the outside looking in, here's what we see. Mm-hmm. And then you have all these companies and, and universities, or whatever in the US and they're in the bubble. They're in the fray. They can't see outside yeah. of it. Well, I mean, some insight I want to do, I do want to give as a Canadian is that you guys are absolutely insane when it comes to election security. Like you, you don't have any. Yep. Like you don't. And it's. it's Do you have voter ID in Canada? Of course. <laughs> Why not? Of course. I cannot, for the life of me, think of a country that doesn't aside from America and uh, how it's controversial in America. I have no idea. It's racist. Like, of course, we have voter ID law. Oh my! Like I have you ever have you ever seen that video with Ami Horowitz where he goes and asks? Yeah. So so for those that aren't familiar, this this uh, this this guy Ami Horowitz goes to a bunch of Berkeley students and says, "Is voter ID racist?" They all say yes. He asks them why, and they're like, oh, because, you know, people in these minority communities can't find the DMV, or they can't afford it, or they don't have license, they don't have a license, or they don't have internet. So then he literally goes to Harlem and talks to a bunch of black people, and my, and then they're all just basically like, what? Like, like I have course. ID. Yeah, of course yeah. we have the internet. Of course we have IDs. But my favorite interaction was where he's talking to this, like, middle-aged black dude, and he goes, do you know where the DMV at? The, or, do you know where the DMV is at? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, it's right over there on 25th Street. Like, as if he was giving him directions. Like, of course he knows yeah. where the DMV <laughs> is. He? How insanely racist are these people? No, it's the bigotry of low expectations, for sure. I think they're overt white supremacists. Yeah. With guilty consciences. I mean, they, if you listen to the stuff, the, the things that they say, they essentially want to treat black people like pets or mentally challenged children who can't take care of themselves and, you know, aren't able to self, to self determine, you know, their futures, which is really, really depressing. Yeah. What if I were to tell you that Prince Harry was a neo-Nazi? Would you believe me? <laughs> I would actually. Prince know. Harry. So uh, this is really funny because uh, <laughs> somebody commented on this fa- on my Facebook. So Prince Harry made a statement so insane I can't read it verbatim. Mm-hmm. I, I because this sentence it's got to oh, be out of context. Oh, it, it, I am not going to say these words. This is in so it. funny. You want me? Uh, okay. I want to. I want to read the God actual. I'll be with you, sir. <laughs> Good luck. (laughs) This is the ultra-woke Prince Harry. Prince Harry says he's had an awakening on racism. And uh, I'm not going to read the next part. Mm -hmm. But I am going to read his quote where he said, uh, okay, here we go. Prince Harry has described his awakening to the existence of systemic racism, saying, quote, the world that we know, Prince Harry says, Uh has been created by, according to Prince Harry, (laughs) white people, 
says Prince Harry. For white people. You see, the reason I put all those name drops in it is so that when they try and pull that out of context, yeah, I'm saying Prince yes. Harry. You're right, exactly. Yeah. So, so That's I, not going to help, though. I've had someone quote mine me half a sentence. Wow. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Like, okay. they're, they're, they'll they're do insane. it. There, there was one where it's like you can clearly see the edits and it's like me going like, yeah. oh, I th- think that it. And yeah. I'm like, why are people believing that's real? That's so yeah. dumb. This dude actually said this. Now, here's the funny thing. There was a big scandal where he dressed up like a Nazi once mm-hmm. and, and, and like it was a front page of, I guess, like the sun or something. Mm-hmm. So everyone attacked him and they were like, oh, you know, apologize for it. His Nazi costume with his armband and all that. What was he thinking saying this? I, OK, I know he's thinking he just realized, oh, there is a power structure and it happens. Maybe he accidentally said it's a white power structure. It's just the rich people. No. There's the mm-hmm. rich power structure of the world happens to be primarily that's white not, people that's, that's not wokeness that's, dude and that's not even necessarily true right there there are a growing number of chinese billionaires and you mm-hmm. know like saudi oil princes and yeah, i think for you, know, sure. you know attributing richness to whiteness that's like ironically very eurocentric of him again yeah. I, I just i think but it goes he, to he show a closed-mindedness he, he literally yeah he just said white people yeah, yeah. that's that's crazy man Oof. and then and then when you you take that into consideration where that dude Ibram X Kendi attacked Amy Coney Barrett for adopting black children <laughs> it's like I don't care what the race of the children she adopted is good for her for helping out some kids yeah. yeah that's that's nuts these people are are like this is the weird thing Ibram X Kendi is not a white dude but what what you know I tweeted in response to this that the things these people believe and like Prince Harry is a is a kind of white supremacy mm-hmm. but they're just guilty about it well, Harry's not. So they want the same outcomes. Harry's married to a mixed race girl. I would imagine. I don't know her race, but no, 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 she no. doesn't don't, look like well, no, Aryan. Don't, uh, don't don't you know that fetishizing is white supremacy? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. What's not there, these days? <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's nothing you can say. You there there was a, there's Silence a game people are, there's a game people are playing right now. It's funny. Type in is blank racist, and you will find it. Yeah. So I was like, no way. So I typed in uh, I typed in is toothpaste racist. Yup, there was a, there was a, no, no, no. there was a toothpaste scandal where it was like talking about a campaign that was done by some, you know, company was, was, was her marshmallows racist. I Googled it and Megan Markle. Yep. German firm apologized for racist chocolate. Oh my gosh. Chocolate covered marshmallows. Oh, wow. Wow. I was like, surely marshmallows can't be racist. And apparently they can. What's racist about this? Oh, it's because he's, because he's black or something. He's chocolate. Because he's chocolate. Oh, but isn't that head. saying that chocolate is delicious? Oh, but that's fetishizing. Oh, yep. All right. Yep. 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 I, see, yeah. I see how. And it's actually the sugar that makes that. When people are like, I love chocolate. They love it's the really sugar. Yeah. Chocolate's yeah. bitter. Street- I mean, yeah. it's good. Yeah, it's I like real chocolate. Me too. Dark stuff. I, I yeah, don't. Better. I I, oh. I don't like chocolate. I don't like mm. the texture. I put it in my oh. coffee No sometimes. chocolate, no coffee. Is, can, is, I, is, no. I bet you could type, is not liking chocolate racist? And it'll pop up. Well. Everything, it, it's funny because it, they, these were memes back in the day mm-hmm. where you'd like joke about everything being racist because the woke lunatics were claiming everything was racist. Now it's mainstream. Yeah. Now, like, you have Prince Harry who made a statement that I'm sure many people would give him the Roman salute for saying. <laughs> he said the world. Yeah. He didn't say Europe. He didn't say America. He said the world. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty much dismissing and discounting all of the contributions that other cultures have made. Which which are not insubstantial. I'm just, I'm just imagining him like sitting there smoking, wearing like his his like you know military uniform, and he's like, "Oi, you know uh, China? Nah, white people. Yeah, <laughs> you know uh, you know Saudi Arabia and like algebra? Nah, white, white people. people. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, is that is that is that the way it is? Yeah, all the accomplishments. I was having a conversation with somebody about uh, just this this general idea, 
And uh, a progressive friend said, isn't it true? And I said, no, oh, it's I not see. true. And they're like, yeah, but like, you know, colon colonization spread all over the world. And I was like, but you do realize like agriculture came from like, you know, Middle the Middle East, East. Yeah. and like yeah. we use Arabic numerals. Dude, Genghis Khan. Yeah, I, mean, I know. What's the, like, I think it comes down to math because the reason England conquered the world is because they, they got physics. They had Isaac Newton gave physics to the queen so they had their cannons could shoot longer and they were able to dominate the sea. And yeah, Genghis Khan had siege weaponry, so he was able to dominate. It was, com it was competition. It's mathematics, so, physics. So I was reading something that, that may or may not be true, so don't take my word for it, but I was just reading this article. It was an academic article, okay? <gasps> so I know I'm going to get a bunch of lefties being like, oh, it's fake. But uh, I was reading was that the European Peninsula, you have nowhere to go. You're mm -hmm. surrounded by water on all sides. So what would happen is if people in France, for instance, needed resources and they started getting into conflict with another country, you can't run because you're, you know, but then you have, the, you know, uh, Asia is massive. Africa is massive and North America is massive. So people in these areas would just run away from conflict. Mm -hmm. In Asia, however, you had the islands. And the peninsula, like the Korean Peninsula, and you had Japan, and then you had the islands, so that led to competition. If you have nowhere to go, you fight. Pacific Islanders mastered seafaring. So that's why they were able to get to, like, Hawaii and stuff, because that was their way out. But for people in Europe, it was like, somebody in, you know, like, England would be like, we're going to fight, the you know, the French to steal their stuff, because we want their stuff, or whatever. I don't mm, know the history. I'm, they're I'll, women. I'll, well, yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, people, the Europeans are yelling at me, but you get the point. <laughs> yeah, well, there is this, like, huge school of thought and like i guess anthropology and history that geography is destiny right uh places like I, I don't know the roman empire for example greece middle east you know fertile crescent and things like that a lot of i mean it's been posited the reason why they were such successful civilizations is because they had the optimum climate right they weren't constantly fighting off either extreme cold or extreme heat uh essentially a geography that was trying to kill you actively. Right. Right. Um, so they were able to do things like, uh, you know, cultivate crops, set aside time and advance their societies. Nowadays, it's just colonialism is destiny and it's, yeah. it's all imperialism and white people bad. Yep. So. Yep. All of them. And, and apparently it's because Prince Harry believes they've created everything, the mm -hmm. whole world. Hmm. I yeah. can't defend them anymore. Yeah. yeah. Why would you defend him? I well, know. I was trying to see Benefit what he of was. The doubt, like I can yeah. imagine. He had an awakening of sorts. No, like, he didn't. I think he grew up very he had, he had isolated. An I don't think he ha ever thought any of that growing up. Like I thought, I think he thought. He's, well, this is all everyone's fun. as good off as I am. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's the Megan. You know, wife. it's the Megan Markle yeah. influence, and I know oh, she's man. been really targeted. I don't want to like feed into that because a lot of people really do just hate her, hate her. But she is. I mean, she's a uh, an avowed feminist who is you know into she all wants these to run talking for president. Points. Of course. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, can you imagine? What do you do when you have like a bunch of dumb people in politics, you know? Hmm. Well, that's why, I mean, I'm well, the the left is always talking about whole like, you know, democracy, abolish the electoral college. I don't want that. Like the the, the idea of direct democracy really scares me. It doesn't work. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. It's a bunch. It's a, it's going to I'll tell you what democracy is going to look like. A bunch of people marching to your home yelling rabble, 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 and then you being executed for it. Yeah, because I mean, it doesn't matter what's right. It matters what the, the majority the wants. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I try to tell, uh, you know, these SJWs is that, well, slavery was democratic. And then they'll come back with something. Well, no, no, you know, inherent in Actually. the concept of democracy is, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, universal rights. It's like, no, it's not. That's not inherent in democracy. What part of that is inherent in democracy? Democracy just means like, you know, rule of the demos. Right. So it's whatever, so whatever, whatever we yep. want. Yeah, so if you have a constitutional republic, hey. Hey. 
Then you have guaranteed rights that constrain the government's actions. And then when people come yelling rabble, 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 what's supposed to happen is the cops supposed to say GTFO, break (laughs) it up. Yeah. I think you could run for office. You could change the way the government's structured so that stupid people don't have as much influence, so that people in general don't have as much influence on the system. Or you could start a private enterprise that Mm -hmm. benefits the world in such a way that politics can't hinder it. Well, that's what the founding fathers wanted to do, is set up a government so limited so that it couldn't have this huge effect on people's lives. But obviously, yeah, over, you know, hundreds of years, things have changed. And I've actually, I mean, I've kind of flirted with the idea, like, let's just raise the voting age you know a little bit well i mean we we, we know now yeah. that brains aren't fully developed until i think we're like mid 20s yes. um, hey hey i think there's a very simple solution presented to us through starship troopers service guarantee citizenship i, don't like, I, I like that i, I like fascist. that no, why is that why is that fascist that that is a fascist country dictatorship the, no, the starship isn't. troopers country. no it isn't you're oh, wrong yeah. you are no. completely wrong i mean it's just Military corporate Sargon of Akkad did a huge breakdown he explaining the ideology of the dude who wrote it and yeah. and his just and it was a liberalist society based on like Locke. Yeah, but and and the idea of service uh, gaining or guaranteeing citizenship that's actually like a that's a Greek principle. So what about that is I guess fascist to you? Um, I guess that the well, I don't know much about the corporate power of Starship Troopers to be honest. But mm-hmm. I would imagine it was that the, the the general idea was you were you could quit at any time if you wanted if you if you provided service it could be in a in a wide a range of different areas it doesn't doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean military or war and they encourage you to leave because they want only people truly committed to the betterment of society fighting to mm-hmm. to vote on those I issues mean, but but citizens uh, civilians had full rights citizens had the right to vote I think it's if the government's giving you the citizenship it's different than you giving yourself the citizenship which is here's, what here's, we have here's here's the conflict is, look do you know why uh land, only landowners could could vote back in the day yeah they had a vested right. interest yeah they it, had it, a stake and it, and it, it was also because uh, i was reading something about it. it was amazing they were like people didn't have ids back then so mm. how did we know who you were and and why you had a right to vote oh because you live here and you're a member of the community voting on the issue yeah so people who didn't live there didn't vote but then we got to the point where we had landlords and we had apartment complexes and we had expansive societies. So we were like, well, these people live here. We need a way to prove they do. So then we started mm-hmm. doing IDs. Then we just made it basically like everybody votes. But no, no longer did anybody have a vested interest. Mm-hmm. So now it's like time-based. You have to live here for a certain amount of time, then you can register. But then you can leave right away. Right. So I, I, I think we're at a point where everybody should have the right to vote. But we have to figure out how to make sure that when votes occur, the people who vote have a vested interest in what they're voting for. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't I mean, know how you do that, though. That's hard, and I'm, I'm not sure how to do that either, but what I think is really, really terrible is mandatory voting. I am very, oh, yeah. very strongly yeah. against that. And I've actually heard, I mean, I've heard people say, it's great, you know, this is how you realize democracy, but I don't want people who are apathetic and uninformed to have to vote. That's the opposite of what what you want. And I'm someone who very strongly believes that just universal franchise is not the same thing as universal rights. And so I I think we've conflated these two issues, democracy and liberty. And I think we need to be spending more time talking about liberty and actual rights rather than just conflating it with checking a box on a ballot especially when the ballots aren't secure as it's seeming <laughs> oh, I mean, this is insane like, yeah. we had we had like a hundred thousand ballots go out in new york that were like mislabeled amazing we had seventy thousand ballots in baltimore were held by the post office for five days mm-hmm. no idea why 
I think in all, all in all, about a million ballots in the primaries mm-hmm. were at risk for disqualification because of the post office, not the individuals. So this is going to be fun. What happens when you get people in Brooklyn and they can't vote? Yeah, that's that's those Democrat votes. Then the Democrats are going to sue and they're going to jam everything up. And Trump's going to be like, you did this. This is your fault. You're disqualified. Don't look at me. And they're going to drag it out like crazy. Then they're going to blame Trump for everything. I don't think these people are going to vote. That's the thing. I think maybe Biden's up in the polls. But I tell you, man, I see people on Facebook saying things like orange man bad. And I know for a fact these people will not vote. You could you could take the ballot, jam it in their face and hand them the pen. And they're going to be like, (laughs) and they're not going to do it. Yeah. So I'm like. They're going to get a mail-in ballot, and it's going to land in their junk pile. They're, they're, they're not – first of all, I know the, a lot of these people in Chicago, my friends. I'm like, dude, you don't even check your mail. And when you do, you throw it in a bin. There's like a bin under the mailbox. You just chuck it in because yeah. you're like, it's junk. They're not going to vote. Well, I mean, that kind of is what happened with Bernie Sanders and his support base, right? right? I mean, there are a lot of the like really militant Bernie bros. Well, well, you didn't show up in the primary votes. So I guess like the revolution is important, but not that important to you. <laughs> Um, the revolution is important to claim, yeah. but not actually do. So you know? regarding the Starship Troopers, someone in the comments, we talked about this before on the show, said that um, service is only military service in that in that movie. Because we had said that it was service of any kind. Like I think, I, right, I, think, I think what I mean to say is it's not combat. People were saying only combat service gives you no, citizenship. No, that's not true. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, a lot of people not, were saying that true. in the comments. So no, it's definitely no, not only combat, right? Because even in the movie, I've not read the book, but even in the movie, there are roles that aren't combat. Yeah, like, there's like intelligence, military, yeah, exactly. military service, pilot. It, it is mil- so military service. In the only. movie, it's military service. People only. are joining the military, but they're not combat. Do you? Right. I don't know. Do you guys? Do you guys actually like that? I, I, I'm fine with the idea of service guaranteeing citizenship. And I, I don't think it should be strictly military because I think that um, I, I, I'm not someone who's, you know, big military person. IDF. That's like w- one of the few areas where I disagree with, you know, a lot of other conservatives. But I mean, I think some sort of national service, um, whether that be, I don't know, yeah, military would be one. Working in um, a VA. Yeah, a VA or something Helping like some some sort of volunteer community. service. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. So like I don't just like pure military service I don't, though. Yeah, or like it's, you know environmental work, just something where you actually have to like pay back into the system. In order to time. vote, is that what you guys? Is that what you're talking? About? I would. I'm not. That. I'm not saying I'm endorsing this. First I would, and foremost, I would endorse no, this. No, me neither. But but, <laughs> but I am saying there's something there to look at and then work through and figure out this idea right. that you have to earn your vote. Right. You can't just arbitrarily vote because what happens is now they're trying to lower the voting age to 16. Oh, the Democrats no. are like, let's just get 16 year olds to vote. It's like what? Dude, no. I, there, there were 16-year-olds, like, biting Tide Pods. They weren't eating them. Okay. Yeah. First of all, nobody ate a Tide Pod. It's one but kid there did. Were, he died. No, he died? Yeah, I remember. He actually <laughs> ate one? Yeah, he swallowed it on accident. Well, there was one kid who was jokingly put a Tide Pod in his mouth. Yeah. And then it disintegrated, and he aspirated some of the fluid, mm-hmm. and then started coughing and gagging, and it scarred his lungs. Yeah. So they weren't eating them. It was a joke. <laughs> but if you're dumb enough to, like, I, I saw a video once of some kids jump off of a garage roof like backyard wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, great. Give them the vote. <laughs> now look, I get it. There are there are adults that do the same thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but I mean, th- I mean we it's it's not just being ageist. Like there's actual science to back up the idea that no, 16-year-olds don't make good decisions because it was it their prefrontal cortex. Well, yeah. They're they're not completely neurologically case, yeah. developed and they have an especially hard time making long-term decisions, which I would say are important when it comes to voting. And when I was 16, I I actually made a playlist for someone because I thought that would convince them to date me. These people should that, not. Well, to be, to be fair, how old are you? Sixteen. I was sixteen. That might work for sixteen-year-olds. Yeah, it, that's this, the age. It's but, a bad, bad idea. Don't but, do it. But, kids. No, but this brings up a bigger point. 
Why should a 16-year-old vote when the most important news in their world is that Janie got a haircut and now Billy won't stop looking at her? Right. So so I remember I was talking to I think I, I think I mentioned this in the show. I was talking to some family and I was trying to explain news to like my cousin's child who was just like a 13-year-old girl. And they were like, oh, she'll never care. She doesn't care. And I said, the easiest way to explain news to a kid is like, who's the worst person in your class? And then she's like, oh, like this, this person. Now imagine she was given the ability to make rules for you. And she went, oh. And I'm like, all of a sudden <laughs> you care about what it is she's doing and yeah. why this is going on. She's like, that'd be crazy. And I'm like, that's what it is for when you're adult. And like, you know, Joe Biden or Donald Trump wants to be president. You've got people who are like, we don't like this person. He's going to make the rules for us. So the issue with voting is, do you actually have a vested interest in this? Mm-hmm. You don't. What would what would you both think? You all think about tying the right to vote to being a net taxpayer? Hmm. Because a lot of people have an issue with the fact that you, you right now you are able to vote to give yourself someone else's property, essentially. Right. And then what ends up happening is over time you have a continuation of vote for me and I guarantee you I will take his to yeah. give to you. I mean, it's yep. Panam at Kirkensis at a certain point, right? You're you're promising people raw goods in order for their vote. Yeah. Well, and Andrew Yang literally did that. Yeah. Vote for me and I'll give you, he, he even t- I think he even tweeted like, I'm literally offering you $1,000. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how is, is that, that not trying to buy a vote? Is that illegal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's, so- a, there's a quote for, oh, I'm sorry. There's a, there's a quote from some guy. I don't know if you can try and find it where he said okay. something like, American democracy will end when politicians realize oh, yeah, they can simply offer up taxpayer yeah. dollars in exchange for votes, something like that. Um, what was your what was the exact question you were, you were saying? How would you feel about tying the ability to vote to being a net taxpayer? What's a net taxpayer? Like, I mean, there are some people who, for example, put in more to the pot than they take out. Um, you know, when you factor in all the services that they use, entitlements and things like that. So there are people out there. And I, I think this is an interesting idea. I, I would have to see how it's exactly calculated before I say I, I would for sure support support you know a certain plan but um there are people out there who think that for example if you're a net taker from the system um if you're claiming all these entitlements and you're not paying any taxes that you shouldn't be able to vote because at that point you're voting for your right to take away someone else's property or you yourself are not bankrolling the government i got an idea we got how many people we got four people in Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. all in favor of taking ian's stuff and then keeping it for ourselves me. Sounds good. Me. Where are we talking about? <laughs> I knew I was going to lose. I just wanted you guys to like me. Yeah. Okay, for those that are listening, everyone raise their hand, yeah. including, including Ian. Ian. Yeah. He's very generous. Psychological. He's a generous god. Well, I get yeah. to now. I get to give it back to myself, right? Yeah, Wasn't that the plan? Uh, yeah, well, but only think, a little bit. Gosh, who's that person that said democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting? What's for dinner? I think oh, it's yeah. misattributed to Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, but it's a. Uh, uh, it's a good quote either way, though. Democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what's for lunch. A republic is uh, is a well armed lamb contesting the vote. Yeah, I like that. Something like that. I think I'm. I'm I maybe did I, you find I it? I don't like no, the, the money thing. I don't mm-hmm. like tying voting into how wealthy you are. So in that, I don't really like that idea. But what do you? Okay, so what yeah, do you guys I th- think? I think about- that's. It's like there's something there. How do we make sure that people have a vested interest in who they're voting for and why? What do you guys so the services would be like a way to do that without tying it to wealth, right? Because you yeah. can volunteer time even though even if you're not you able to, to do it yeah. to, for money. What about a political aptitude test that you can no. take? Why? No. I actually I who histor- makes the test? Yeah, historically that's wondering. been dubbed racist uh, in the states. Uh, I think the southern states, they tried to implement like a, a reading test oh, or something. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it was like the words use like uh, double meanings. And right, so it was like yeah. impossible so to that, answer correctly. I mean, that would be you'd, una- you'd be unable to do that in the United States. But 
I, you know, it's really hard when you have people voting on issues that affect the economy when they have no idea how the economy works. That's really, really frustrating. Like, let's just give everybody a thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't like yeah. people that go in and they just check D for everything. And yeah, they don't or know there are, yeah, or whatever. Did you, yeah, did you, did you guys, did you guys hear about the transgender Satanist anarchist who ran as a Republican yes. and won? <laughs> won the prim, won the primary. It's brilliant. So, it, and and uh, she made a really great point. Like, you voted. Why are you mad? Yeah. That was your choice. You oh, maybe you me? shouldn't just. Yeah, why are you? Maybe you should actually right? yeah. look up who you're voting for. No, yeah. For yeah. Sure. What, didn't it used to be 21? The voting age was 21? Yeah. Not too it, far long yeah, ago. Yeah, during, I think it was Vietnam, and then they lowered it because there are people who are being drafted who are unable to vote. And, you know, the argument wow. was, and I agree with it, if, if, if I'm able to die for my country, I should be able to, um, you know, to actually vote for what happens. And so when I've talked about how about raising the voting age? A lot of people have said, so you think service members shouldn't be able to vote? And this is going to be something controversial, but I, I actually do think, and I'm interested to hear what you all think, that 18 is very, very young to be able to join the military. I yep. think you've just solved the equation. Yeah. You have to be at least 25 or have served in the military. Oh, how about that? A balance. Interesting. Yeah. Or served yeah. in some capacity. Yeah. 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 Government capacity. Not necessarily government, maybe. Like I would. Like the, I, the, the, the government kind of sucks yeah know? i would be like i think it would be cool to extend that to like ngos or just like charities or some yeah, sort of civic some sort of civic yeah. involvement you know you know the a problem is sometimes you have genius 16 year olds that should be in they're charge outliers. yeah but they're yeah outliers no nah, if they were smart enough they would just stand on the shoulders of their buddy with the trench coat and they'd be able to vote you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah fine. yeah they just they figured out yeah 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 if they were smart enough fake mustache <laughs> and, and actually like that's I, the one thing that's gonna when go i now. first started talking about raising the voting age to 25 i think i was 23 at the time and i had people saying well aren't you upset that that would take away your own right to vote and i thought that was such a strange argument for them to make because you know, when I when we're talking about this, I, I would assume that we're not trying to do what's in in, in interests of ourselves, mm -hmm. but rather for the country. So it's like even if at the like it oh, yeah. ends up disenfranchising myself, I want what's best. Yeah, for like, the country. Like if we had to ban Twitter, I'd be on board. I'd be like, <laughs> government, come in and just take everyone's phone, Please? including mine. Yeah, list us all. I will, I will gladly Burn the give hell up. Site. Oh, it, it's it's a horrible, horrible thing. Mm -hmm. It's an example. I think Twitter is an example of. Why democracy, direct, direct democracy doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It is literal mob rule on mm -hmm. that site. Yeah. And it's just people screaming as loud as possible and saying the Insanity. stupidest things. And that's what the world would be like without this, like, the system. Mm -hmm. Heaven forbid we got rid of the electoral college <laughs> and Twitter represented what actually oh. won. Oof. Yeah. Well, what what do you think the I guess social media in general, but specifically Twitter, what effect do you think that has had on the progressive left? People like AOC and it's Elon Omar. Yeah, it's made them absolutely insane. Look at Bernie Sanders. He's been like, you know, when I think of politics in this country, you have like the left and the right. And Donald Trump is like sitting on a stump in like kind of center right <laughs> position. Mm -hmm. And he's flicking, you know, a uh, little bread at the birds and he's just sitting there and he's like i'm over here because everybody's sitting there and we're gonna build the wall it's gonna be great and then bernie was next to him but then bernie was in a car just driving left and just kept going yeah and now he's not even in the room with anybody he's just gone bernie sanders originally was like and the free trade agreements we need border security you know uh, open borders is a right-wing proposal it's because hillary cut his brakes <laughs> yeah Didn't stop the car he just he kept going her. Well, well can't, I, don't, I don't want to blame her, but the DNC cut his brakes. Yeah, but I don't, he still no, bent I don't, the I don't, knee. I don't, sure I don't know. I, th I think I think it's because they're, a pro they're eating their own refuse. The, the, the far mm -hmm. left is... It's lovely imagery. Mm -hmm. It's like human centipede, but like <laughs> instead, of, instead of one line, it's a circle where they're all stitched together, Oof. you know? 
so, nice. So what <laughs> happens is, uh, and I've, I've explained this quite a bit. If a cons- if, so- if someone on the right steps out of line even a little bit, banned instantly. Gone, yeah. So all that's left are these very like you know clean cut for the most part moderate conservative types on social media. You know, you Milo Yiannopoulos, Alex Jones, Laura Loomer all removed from Twitter, so they're not part of the conversation anymore. Now you have Jack Posobiec and like Will Chamberlain, and mm-hmm. they're very you know for all the criticisms that people give Jack, it's he's still very just kind of I don't know what the right word is. Um, to me, he's just, you know, mainstream conservative. I don't, well, I, I want to say kind of like downtone, not bombastic, not screaming. Mm, yeah. You know, you're getting like, I hereby think this is important for this reason. It's kind of like, okay, I get it. Low key. Religious. But the left is allowed to say whatever they want. Dude, it's yeah. a private company. I worked at my, I worked at Mines for a long time. I co-founded the company and worked as an admin. Oh, you cool. get total control of who you want to ban within reason of how you well, interpret so, the code, how but, you interpret it. So think about what happens. So Jack Dorsey, who literally donated, what, $10 million to Ibram X. Yeah. Kendi? Mm-hmm. That, 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 you know, basically that blacks, I don't, I don't know what you want to call him, but he's, he's essentially, you know. He's a supremacist. Yeah. He's, a, he's, sure. he, he, or he's a segregationist, I guess. Yeah, he, that's. He called Amy Coney Barrett, you know, a bunch of really awful things because of her kids. But anyway, Jack Dorsey donates to that guy. So then he allows the fringe of the fringe. And so because there's no breaks on the left in, on social media, they're just going full speed, Mach, Mach 7 to the left, mm-hmm. whereas conservatives are being held where they are because if they step out of line, they'll get banned. Right. And so I, so that, that, that turns someone like liberal Tim Pool into a conservative because they just keep going further and further left. Yeah. Gone, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the whole with the whole Twitter thing and Facebook as well, YouTube, all of these tech platforms, I think we are if we're not already there, we are entering an age where we're going to be a technocracy. Right. And what I don't understand is right now in the U.S. and really, I think most democracies, there are campaign finance laws and restrictions about how you can advertise on these social media like platforms because they recognize it is campaigning. So how can you tell me that, you know, Donald Trump uh, posting an ad onto Facebook or whatever, that's political activism needs to be declared and monitor all that. But Facebook can ban whoever they want flat out, control whatever stories flat out, and we can't do anything about that. That makes no sense. Facebook just banned 216 Trump ads. Because he was talking about, he said a bunch of the ads were like, Joe Biden will increase the amount of refugees coming in this country. A very serious issue that people are concerned with. Mm-hmm. If you are concerned about, you know, increasing immigrants and refugees, refugees in this country, it doesn't mean you're racist. Facebook banned them. Because they think that's racist. They have, they have a rule against telling people that they're in danger due to, you know, other people based on national origin or whatever. And it's arbitrary. Wait, so is... Does that mean that Democrats aren't allowed to tell people that the Russians are trying to fix their election? It does. But of course, they'll get away with it. Yeah. And they'll get to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and boy, are they really pushing that Russia garbage? They it's are. Amazing. And you know what's it's funny? back, baby. I'm old enough where where I can remember that, oh gosh, when Mitt Romney was running against Barack Obama, he mm-hmm. actually named Russia as the biggest threat to the United States. And all the liberals at the time were laughing yeah. at him. Yeah, this isn't, yeah this isn't the Cold yep. War, Grandpa. And then, you know, just cup, several years later, here we are and they're trying to make and don't get me wrong i'm not saying that like russia is amazing in terms of track record for human rights and i'm also not saying they're not trying to influence things but they're really making them out to be the boogeyman this is a really good example of why service guarantees citizenship as an idea Mm -hmm. because right now you have these low i call them low information belligerents so that's like a a dude i know in chicago who's always retweeting stuff and it's the funniest thing to me because i'm like bro i know you you sit around (laughs) making sourdough bread in your apartment you're you're not paying attention at all to any of this. You're seeing a spicy hot take from someone that you don't understand and you're hitting retweet. 
You're not going to vote. I know you're not going to vote, but you're pushing these unhinged, busted ideas because it's tribal. Mm-hmm. And then you're sitting there going like, I'm so smart. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. And then what? And then they, and then they, they have the nerve to criticize me. Dude, I, I read nothing but news all day, every yeah. day for hours. And then we, I do four hours of content on it. I'm not saying I know everything in the world, but I'm pretty sure I know a bit more than these random people who think they're, they're smart. So you get a bunch of people who have no idea what's going on, who for tribal reasons are like, we want to, we want to own the cons. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go vote against our own interests while simultaneously believing the Trump supporters are voting against their own interests. That's, that's one of the funniest things too about this whole cycle is like someone commented on one of my p- threads being like, Trump has lied to you. He has, you know, told you to live recklessly. And now you've all been convinced the whole time while he's getting all the best treatment in the world. It's like the COVID thing. Mm -hmm. Like he told you to to drink bleach while he gets medicine. It's like, except he never said that. Yeah. Like Joe Biden said on the debate stage, why don't you inject some bleach? And then Trump responded that was sarcastic. Trump, you didn't even say to inject bleach. Just, man, Trump was really off his game, huh? Yeah. But it's like, I don't care. What, what What these people don't realize is the best example of the left having no idea what's going on is the Proud Boys hashtag. You saw this? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, so there was 500,000 tweets of mostly LGBT people, and it was photos of, like, gay couples mm-hmm. saying, we're Proud Boys. And the actual Proud Boys didn't care. Yeah. And they never did. And they didn't even use the hashtag. So I guess, like, the, the leader of the Proud Boys issued a statement saying, we have gay members. We're totally cool with this. Like, I don't understand what the point is. They don't care. The journalists were actually saying after the debate, don't interview the Proud Boys. Don't give them press. And I'm like, the real reason they're saying that is because then they'd be forced to interview a black man and mm-hmm. ask him why he's a white supremacist. <laughs> and Americans would be like, huh? Wait, what? <laughs> what? Who's this? What? But, that, but that's, that's, that's the name of the game. Don't talk. Don't report the news. Don't tell people what's really going on. When I, when I started uh, doing like my daily YouTube stuff after I left Fusion, I was going to Sweden. Because you had this right-wing narrative of, you know, all this, all this violence in Sweden. And Donald Trump was like, you see what's going on last night in Sweden? So I said, I'm going to go. I got hit up by a bunch of vice news journalists saying, don't do it. And I was like, why not? And they're like, cause they're, they're lying. And I was like, who's lying? The conservatives. And I was like, then you'd go and you'd see that. I was like, great. I'll go and prove that they're lying. And they're like, no, don't do it. Donate your money to charity. And I was like, what? I was really confused. I was like, dude, I worked with you like a year ago. You know, I travel around the world covering news whenever there's a big story. Why wouldn't I go to Sweden? It sounds too. I was like, I was, I was literally there three months before. I had ice cream walking around. It was totally fine. I was in Mama, and I was like, I don't understand why I'm getting berated all of a sudden. This was when, like, I guess I, I, I think the culture war started, and I was like off doing my thing. You know, I went to like Japan. I was in Fukushima and just filming documentaries and minding my own business. And then all of these people were going insane, and people I had worked with who were like supposedly normal journalists lost their minds and they were like, for the sake of our tribe, don't you dare report the news. And I was mm-hmm. like, huh? That makes no sense to me. But those people are going to vote now. They're going to vote after they're telling me not to report the news. They're telling others not to report the news. Now you have a bunch of low information people who think they're smarter than everyone and they're voting. I think uh, there's a xenophobic uh, bin- tinge in the United States that's just, it's just prevalent in our culture. Like I was grow up. What do you mean by that? I was told South America is dangerous. I was like, oh, and so I believed it. And but then I went to South America in the jungle in in Chile where they don't have local police. They only have. I went there, and it's not. I mean, yeah, it is. The United States is great. You know, our local law enforcement is killer. It's the best 
It's not the word I should use. A local law enforcement <laughs> is awesome. Having a local law enforcement protecting you from the federal level or from the state mm-hmm. level, from the federal level, is amazing. Like in Chile, it's only national cops. So if you mess up one place, the whole country, you're, you're a criminal. Uh, you don't have local protection. But it's not something to fear. And unless you go there, you wouldn't know that because oh, our, our whole culture is like, don't leave. You're safe here. So Relatively. are we are any of us qualified to vote except for the ones that dig deep? Well, I think we're voting, a lot of, a lot of people would say no, frankly. There are people out there who who are very disillusioned and they just want to kind of return to I mean, I've even I've even seen people like advocate for monarchies right now like a constitutional monarchy just because they're so disillusioned with things i'm not doing that but yeah i mean a lot of people feel the exact same way they think everyone the system's broken uh you know votes can't be trusted and even if they could be do people have enough information to vote it it's it's really scary and i there's no good answer yeah there's no perfect system because if you get uh let's say you have a monarchy and you have a great leader then the country is going to work really really well but then they have a kid and the kid's a dick and then the country you know, doesn't do well, or you get, you get these ideologues who think they're smarter than the collective, you know, computational power of the human mind, Mm -hmm. decentralized. So like a really good example of that would be like Hugo Chavez or Fidel Castro or any other communist where it's like the capitalistic system we have is decentralized, um, apportionment of resources. So you have each individual deciding what they need and when they want it, and then people freely trade, and the system just operates in a decentralized network. The communists think one individual can calculate better than millions of people. Centralized system. Which they can't. Right. And so then everything ends up breaking. Shortages. Right. Bread lines. So the, the, the key is like, I really think the United States is the best form of government we've, we've seen on this planet so far. You have three branches. You've got your monarch in the executive, but there's limits and they have to be voted in. Then you have your direct democracy, which is Congress, which is terrible and everyone hates, but at least it's, you know, by, you know, region. And then you have the Council of Elders. So it's like three different types of, of government combined that are constantly yelling at each other. The problem we have is it was impossible for the founding fathers to cover every loophole. Mm-hmm. So I was watching this new video by CGP Gray. Do you guys know who CGP Gray is? No. Great YouTube channel. And he was talking about the Supreme Court, and it was very nonpartisan. It's very awesome. He was explaining that there's something called a recess appointment, that if Congress is in recess, the president can appoint a Supreme Court justice until they come back to vote. Right. But what they, they do something called pro forma sessions, where they basically walk in and go, all, you know, all rise, there's no one there. Okay, we're done for the day. Everyone have a nice day. That way, they're still technically in session. Whoa. So it's, it's clearly a manipulation on what the Constitution was supposed to allow. But it's allowed. So Trump should be able or, or and Obama should have been able to say Merrick Garland is, is temporarily being put on the court until Senate comes back and then votes yay or, yay or nay. But instead, they just come back. It's like every every fourth day because you're allowed to recess for three days. You're, you're allowed to take a break for three days. Otherwise, it's considered a recess. So on the fourth day, they come in and they say all duties, you know, relegated to this individual. And then they walk out and then no one shows up. Yeah. So it's clearly broken. How we fix it, I don't know. Have you guys heard of the National Initiative? It was a concept to create a fourth branch of government. Mike Gravel, uh, senator of Alaskan senator, I think he was. Um, yeah. So it would make like um, every state would have a representative, and then each of those representatives would receive data from their constituents, and then they'd be able to pass laws. So it would basically be like the people's version of the legislation, and then we'd be able to pass laws into the Senate. 
No, that's literally what the House is. Well, but it would give the population the ability to write laws, send it to their representative, and then the national initiative would well, pass I mean, it in. Th- that's still technically allowed. Like, if, I mean, nothing's stopping any citizen from sending things to the representative. But, f- but then we have to rely on, on Congress to do it. Like you say, they're corrupt as all get out. It's not, it's not that they're corrupt. Uh, they are. I think, I think they're corrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, 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 my, the problem with Congress and their low approval is likely due to the fact that if one person represents one district, they clearly don't care about all the other districts. Mm-hmm. So if you have like AOC, right, and she wins and her, she did really, really well in her primary, you got a ton of people in that district who love her. Everyone else in the country hates her. Right. Not everybody, but the majority. So then what's going to happen is that you're going to ask everyone in the country, how do you feel about AOC? And most of them are going to say, we don't like her Doesn't because matter. she rep. Yeah, she represents represents one district. So it's very likely that every member of Congress will have a low national approval rating. Right. So then Congress gets an overall really low approval rating. We were kind of talking about this before the show, but that's exactly why I'm at least in favor of balkanization or at the very least more decentralization. Because I think the way the founding fathers imagined the federal government ruling over, you know, all of these different states operating somewhat autonomously was a good idea, right? I think if people in California want to do X, Y, or Z, they should be able to. And if you don't like it, you can move to somewhere more free. But right now, the size of the federal government, I mean, in Canada as well, it's so big that you have these people in California or in Quebec and Ontario, like they vote on legislation that affects everyone in the country. Um, and that I don't think that's fair. And I think either, you know, let's bring back the concept of city-states or shrink down the federal government and let more of these issues be decided on a local level. So the people who are voting for these laws who want to live under them, they're not affecting the ones who don't. And so would you set up like sunset clauses in all current laws so that... Yeah, I mean, I think it would need to be something like that because otherwise, I mean, they're like the amount of laws that are on the books. It's it's literally an oppressive amount. Yeah. And, and they never go away. Right. It's like we have we have a tendency towards creating more laws and not getting rid of them. Yeah. We talked about this before. There's like ridiculous laws like you can't take a bath on Sundays in Massachusetts or yeah. something because mm-hmm. it was like back then it made sense. Cause and they then only they had, just left it. Yeah, yeah. And they just leave it. But then like no one enforces it. Yeah. But then you. So there's actually something really interesting I was reading about. uh New York, there's this funny story where uh, a black cop went to Central Park and started giving out public drinking tickets to couples having picnics and drinking wine. And he got in trouble for it. And all these people were like, oh, harumph, like I was drinking wine on my picnic. Why was I being cited for public intoxication? And the cop said, because the cops come to my neighborhood and give out tickets to the dudes drinking 40s on their stoop. So you want to come to my neighborhood and give out tickets? I'm going to come to your hood and give out tickets. And so apparently he created this like, you know, fiasco where the, the cop actually got in trouble, which I think is BS because he was totally right. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. within his rights. That's, that's the law. I agree yeah, he's with giving him. out tickets. Yeah. You can't have it. You know, we need equality under the law. Wow. But I started reading about this and it was funny. Apparently, when they banned public drinking in New York, it was because of homeless drunk people and like vagrants. Hmm. And some politician said this law will never be construed. Obviously, this law will never be construed to say that a worker couldn't enjoy a beer with their lunch. And now, quite literally, you can't have a beer with your lunch. Yeah. So it's like they write laws thinking we know exactly what the point of this law is. Mm. Then two generations go by and it's like, I don't know. It says no one's allowed to drink. So, yeah, well, I mean, that's the no whole debate, over, debate over like an originalist versus a textualist. Um, and I, I'm not someone who thinks like, oh, well, this literally says this so we can ignore the spirit of the law. But that's why I think you know, you can't really you can't leave things up to interpretation. I think you should be as 
specifically clear as possible and like even this whole debate over the second amendment i mean we know from looking through history what the founding fathers meant i mean we have people saying oh well they didn't mean weapons of war like oh there are merchant ships with cannons actually at the time privateers man you can have your own warship it's pretty obvious what they meant but because it's not explicitly written enough in these people's opinions it's up for interpretation do you know those the original writing of the second amendment was much more clear it straight up said something to the effect of like even if you aren't joining any kind of military service, you can still have a gun. Yeah, they should have left it. They should. I wonder. I, I think they didn't because it, it would would have, I guess, banned conscriptions. Banned Constri- conscription. Mm, interesting. And so they uh, that was that was something having to do with it. But the general idea was if somebody doesn't want to join the military, they're still allowed to have guns. Yeah. They get rid of that. And now the left is going, but it says a well-regulated militia. Yeah. What does regulated mean? What was, yeah, the, what was the, the original concept? Because I've heard some people say it meant regulated in the sense of, they have weapons that are clean and operable. Mm. I've read things saying that they were, you know, uh, the left cl- says it's regulated by the government. But the government wasn't that powerful or encompassing back then. There was no, like, you could be off in the middle of the woods. There was no regulation over you. Nothing, nothing could be there done. There were, like, regulars were military, like, exactly. an mm-hmm. advanced form of a military crew. I yeah. don't know the definition exactly of what it was. A, it was, regulars uh, were. so I, I've read some arguments that it was a reference to the sta- having standard equipment. Hmm. A regulated militia meant... So they all had the same gun. If one dropped it, you could pick it up and you knew how to use it. Yeah. And so from that reading, it was an, a militia of people who have guns, know how to use them, and they're up and they're, and they're up to, you know, they're, they're working and functional is, safe, is what we need for a free state. Therefore, everyone should be able to have guns. But now they've changed it because the left are, you know, textualists like, no, no, regulated today oh, means so something like if different. if you had an AR and I had a pistol, we're not regular. I don't, I don't know exactly. No, the argument, like, that would be. That would still be. The, the idea was that you were well-equipped. The problem with the textualists is that this, this manipulation of the far left changing definitions right. is that the Constitution could mean the First Amendment. Okay, let's change the definition of religion, and now all of a sudden you've changed the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. So if you're a textualist and you're going by what it says based on what we interpret the language today, there's no Constitution at all. Right. And I, 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 I agree with that. And I yeah. think, isn't Kavanaugh more of a textualist? I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I had read that somewhere. But yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree that that's, that's a problem. And it, it's a slippery thing to do. Yeah, I yeah. would say regarding militias that it's important if we were going to like form a militia that we all knew how to use each other's weapons. Well, that's why everyone has standard issue weapons. Mm-hmm. Well, well what in, the, standard in, in the military. But like if we were going to so form a, a well-regulated militia, it would be like, I know how to use your weapon. Your So we're all eh. trained with each other's weapons in case you go down. I can pick your weapon up and know how to use it and not hurt somebody. I think, I think the general idea of guns is that. That's it. Oh, I thought the sentence was just getting started. No, that was it. <laughs> is that. What is do you that, mean? The, that's that what it does. Well, I mean, if so, the, when uh, in 78. Have you ever seen that movie? Um, what you call it? The Last Samurai, I think. With yes. Tom Cruise. I have not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. basically, like, the, the Americans go to Japan and they're like, with these weapons, you can take a random dude and he can press the thing and then, boom, you blow somebody up. It allowed them to have, like, to lower the cost of training great warriors. The samurai had to go through all this training and be the best of the best, raised from youth. Now you just, you know, we got a gun, you know, you just crank the lever and then you get some random dude to do it and you're blowing people up. You win. But you want to know how to take it apart, how to clean it. Uh, now you only need one dude for that. How to load it. Look at the McDonald's method. You ever, have you seen the movie The Founder? No. Have you seen The Founder? No. It's a good movie. It's about it's about the, the, the start of McDonald's. Oh, And yeah. basically the idea was each person in the McDonald's only knew how to do one simple thing. Mm. No one person could make the burger. Like assembly line. Exactly. Yeah. So it wasn't so like, regulated. 
They your job regulars. is the lettuce. Your job is the mayo and the mustard. You know, ketchup is the ketchup and the mustard. But that's your the more job. efficient way to do that. I mean, in the military, is to a, to a point, is like that. Like you have one guy's the medic, one yeah, guy's the grenade you have specialized launcher. Roles. But everyone trains with the grenade launcher. Everyone trains with the M1. well. To a certain point, right? I mean, there are still specialized roles. Like if you're a radio operator, you know, the average person isn't going to be able to do your job like you are. Right. It's like, yes. what is it, the Marine Corps, like every Marina uh, rifleman or infantryman or something like that? Yeah. Is that it? Everyone is at least a rifleman. Yeah. Well, then, do you think that uh, on November 3rd, the United States is going to descend into chaos, fracture into multiple countries, and then, uh, you know, someone's going to fire off the nukes and the world's going to blow up and then we're all dead? Well, you know what the interesting thing is? Because 2020 has been such a terrible year. I, I mean, I, I th- I'm ready for 2021. I'm, I'm like, let's... Finish oh, with it's this. like a roller coaster, man. It's fun, huh? Oh, I'm tired. I'm very <laughs> tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, I I was thinking about this. Like, what what probably will happen is the most disruptive thing, and I kind of think the most disruptive thing for a lot of people would be Trump winning. So yeah. I, I do think that that's going to happen. Um, and I think you know the people on social media will cry. There will be riots. Um, you know, liberal governors won't accept help as is kind of has been happening all this summer. Uh, but I think life will ultimately go on. And actually, I mean, it, this is, I mean, kind of, it's pretty dark, but I actually get paid in American dollars. So a U.S. economy being strong, exchange rate, I mean, that benefits me greatly. <laughs> I get like a little bit of a raise anytime I convert my money. Oh, so so if the American economy does better and better and better, yeah, it's like you just convert it to Canadian dollars. Yeah, and then it's just like monopoly money, right? Yeah, Essentially, yeah. right. But it's, it benefits me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's like I, I don't. It's not that I'm wishing our Canadian economy is going to keep getting worse, but it's. I think it is subjective fact that is I, what will happen. I'm worried. I'm, I really am because we just we saw this video. Um, these these videos of people fighting the Trump rallies, like mm-hmm. Trump supporters will have a rally, and then you know the far left shows up. And then we had more riots in Seattle and Portland just last night. It's not stopping. It's it's 130 days now. And but I think all of this helps Trump. And I think the average sure. yeah, the average suburbanite is seeing this stuff and they're getting worried. But then you have mail in voting completely right. broken. So I, it was funny, like somebody was tweeting me like it's like tweeting, trying to drag me because I made a video saying that bunk ballots sent out in mass prove the Democrats have corrupted the election. And I'm like, first of all, it's my opinion. But I think it's a fair opinion because the Democrats are the one who have called for mail-in voting endlessly, tried mm-hmm. jamming it through these COVID relief bills. And then in, in, in Brooklyn, 100,000 ballots are incorrectly na- labeled and named. So I'm like, yes, they have corrupted the election. That's like they literally did. OK, it's my opinion. Sure, fine. But you can say in a factual sense, corrupted, meaning to like it's like, you know, breaking it down, right. causing it to fall apart. And they did. It was right. their calls for this, and it was in Brooklyn. That's Democrats. But I guess the the better, I mean, the the brighter side of that whole argument is that they've been able to shove these mail-in voting initiatives in already Democrat states, right? So does right. it matter? Swing if, states. Yeah. Michigan. They've done it in Michigan. Yeah. So, so those I, well, are the areas where you'd need to worry. But I mean, Nevada. The extra ones in Brooklyn isn't really a big deal. It's it's only the swing states you need to worry it's about. It's actually really bad for them. It's good for Trump. Yeah. Because the New York is where the Democrats get their popular vote totals. So if they're like sacrificing themselves in California and New York, which they're doing, Trump's going to win the popular vote because of them. Yeah. So I, I, it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting because uh, Washington Post reported this. And this is very, very, very obvious. The demographic voting blocks that suffer the most under mail-in voting, minorities and young people. Really? Yeah. Why people, is that? people who are less likely to have experienced voting and may need help. So because you have older white voters who are familiar with voting and vote often, Mm -hmm. they don't need help. Young people, first time voters do need help and marginalized or disenfranchised voters, people who haven't, you know, been voting consistently don't have the, they're not going to have the help. So what happens is they get their ballot, 
they do one tiny thing wrong and into the gutter. Right. So guess who's going to be benefited? Trump. Yeah. In that case. Yep. Absolutely. Unless, of course, Trump really is winning the Latino and the black vote, which if, according to NBC, if Trump just gets a tiny percentage, a, little, a couple di- single digits from both uh, voter blocks, he won. I guess we'll see, what ha- we'll see what happens. But how about we take some super chats? We have some some great comments and questions. I hope you're excited. If you haven't already, smash the like button because I see there's a lot of people hanging out. And thank you all so much for your super chats. We have this uh, this year's super chat from J Mac. He says, oh, no. Tim is hosting avowed half Asian white supremacist Lauren Chen. <laughs> I joke, I joke. My wife and my wife has been watching a lot of Lauren's podcast clips, hey. and I think she's now more conservative than I am. I appreciate her perspective. Oh, thank you. Hey, by the way, Lauren, what is your YouTube channel? Oh, right, my YouTube channel is just Lauren Chen. Uh, if you type that in, may or may not show up. Uh, but we also have we're, we're also on all the audio only platforms, so uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, I think that's more uh, a more reliable notification system. Uh, YouTube doesn't always send them out, but yeah, we we post three times a week. Right on. Yeah. Let's see. Dan Rouse says, "Lauren, why no pigtails? Love the show. Love Lauren's uh, show on the Blaze. Keep it up." Oh, thanks. Yeah, I. I did you I've have worn, pigtails? I've worn pigtails several times. Oh. I did a Harley <laughs> Quinn, like, Birds of Prey review, and I kind of, like, did the pigtail things oh, for them. Awesome. But, well, I mean, a lot of people liked them, but what they also need to realize is that I'm 26. Come on. So, we got know. this. Yeah, I don't know if I can still get away with that look as much. Sure, why not? You can pull it off. If <laughs> I can pull it off, you can pull it off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Come on. You got to do it now. Project Utopian says, would love to hear from all of you. Do you honestly believe in your heart of hearts that Biden and the Democrats will win in November, December, January, or whenever they want to stop counting? Is it war if Biden wins? I don't think it's war if Biden wins. I don't think like conservatives are going to go out and smash and break things. I think there are conservatives who will be like, I'm moving to a slightly more red state. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, life will continue. But what happens, I think, I think if Biden wins, it'll be this the slow erosion of the country. Yeah, I mean, but that's already happening even with Trump. No, uh, Trump's brought back manufacturing. Trump's secured the borders. Trump's lowered unemployment. The economy's been doing better. Right, but I mean, look at the cultural decay, right? That's I mean, true. look at yep. the next generation. Maybe he's, you could say he's postponed it, but look at look at millennials, right? Just look at our generation. There's argument. That, they're I mean, so awful. They're so awful. And Gen Z, <laughs> I mean, you got some pretty based ones, but like they they are more radical in a lot of ways and you know conservatives you can say like oh well we got trump it's okay it's like no it's not the left has the education system progressives have completely had have a stranglehold on most major institutions you're delaying the inevitable i don't mean to black pill people but that's what i think at least you know election night 2016 i threw my arms in the air and it was a super slow-mo it was ready for hillary to win i was like (gasps) just ready to throw my arms in the air and it's still this long no i was ready for it I thought Hillary had it in the bag. But were I you thought, happy? No. No. What do you mean in you general? You start throwing your hands in the air and celebrate. Like I give up. Like, like I was about to give up. No, no. no I was about yeah. to just, <laughs> but it's been this super <laughs> slow motion give up for the last four years. Yeah. And if Biden wins, it's just going to uh, happen. Yeah. Like what, what else are we going to do? Get a hang glider? If uh, yeah. We should probably get hang gliders. Yes. Yeah. It's a good idea. I don't think he has any chance. Any Biden? chance of winning. None. And I think all these polls are lies. Mm. <laughs> I think really? they're specifically picking either segments of people like or that people are are lying when they do it like trump's are, trump supporters are that, yeah. trolling the polls one of my friends did say that she she got called up and she i mean i don't want to say that she lied but she didn't feel comfortable saying that she was voting for trump yeah, yeah. and i think a lot of people might feel the same yeah yeah, yeah because they know he, they're like hi ian 
Oh. Yeah. Are you voting for our yeah. Lord and Savior Joe Biden? Database. Yes. yes. You're on a list right. now. Yeah. I have some no friends here me. who are very interested to visit you should you vote for yeah. Trump. Yeah. You're like, I'm voting for Biden. I'm voting for Biden. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, me? Yeah. I don't think Biden's going to win, but at this point, I really don't know. There have been so many black swans. This is the year of the black swan. I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Who knows yeah. what happens next week? I, I know, mean, like, seriously. A month is like 27 it years in 2020. <laughs> I feel like, like I'm 75 years old. I know. Yeah. At least time has slowed down for all us old people, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, time, like it's boring and routine, and then just like days speed by. Now it's like every day is a week. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like, what happened today in the morning? You know, Trump caught COVID, and, the, and, the, and the, you know, three days later, Trump's cured of COVID, and then he was faking it. Then he was going to die, but now he's alive again. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, like, it's great. All right. Uh, what do you think? Um, I would say that in my heart of hearts, it look, I, I can't believe Trump would not win. I can't, I can't because like I was mentioning with Jack Murphy said, the conditions that brought Trump about are only worse. Yeah. So more true. people are going to be like Trump. It's also possible that the Democrats sending out these bunk mail-in ballots are going to cheat. Hmm. They're like, they're, they're, they're just, some people are getting like eight ballots in DC. All these tweets are coming out where they're like, look, I got a stack of ballots. Yep. So what's going to happen? Like we saw with Project Veritas and the, and the people in Minneapolis, people are going to go to mailbox to mailbox, grabbing all of the stacks of ballots. And then they're going to have someone cheat. No, I've I've heard from leftist Twitter that A, that is a conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. but B, even if it did happen, that's legal. Yeah. So it's both of those both things. Both of those things yeah. are true. Well, not to fill sides. out the ballots, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, let's see. Aaron says, hey, Tim, you and Adam encouraged us to speak out. So I started an audio podcast. Ooh. Can I get a shout out for Into the Fray? Cover art says, what's, what's next? Hmm. There you go. Shout hmm. out Into the Fray podcast. Saga Fraga says, hey, Tim, Michigander here. Faith in Trump, even if the unexpected happens. Be prepared. We survived eight years of Obama, but Trump is a beast. Also, you should start a gaming segment. Get away from the news. Mm. I just beat that goose game. Oh, which, yes. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen it? Mm-mm. It's the best game Wonderful. ever. Wonderful. You play as a goose, and you, your goal is to harass the townspeople. That's just about <laughs> it. And you can honk and flap your wings, and then you just like steal their stuff, and they chase you, and then they fall down. It's just so good. I, I, love it. I think you should stream Spelunky, too. Oh, no, no. Nah. <laughs> you should I'm, see Tim playing Spelunky too, dude. I'm really disappointed. It's so hard. It's not that. Oh, it's not that be it's, entertaining. I wouldn't say that it's so hard. It's that it's chaotic. That's what I was saying. It's chaotic. Chaotic evil. Like there, there, there's procedural generation error. In my opinion, poorly designed gameplay. Where if you don't have any arrows or bombs, you quite literally can't pass the level. Hmm. So I'm like playing the game, and I'm like, well. That's it. And then I have to restart. Yeah, it's you're like not the only one with that criticism. But like, why would they design a game to where it's like the level starts and you you're can like, beat it. You can do it. And not they, wa- they want to see it. They want to yeah, see but, you but it should it. be based on every time, every, every level, like every time you play the game, it's new. It's different. And you can always beat the game so long as you, if, if you play right. But they've, they've quite literally made a game where it's like, Oh, sorry, not this one. We, we made it. So there's a wall in front of you, but you have no bombs left. So I've been playing it. And there are certain, there are areas where it's like you literally have to have rope, but then you use them up really fast, and then you'll get a level where it's like, oh no, rope you lose. So it's like a Kobayashi Maru type of. Problem. I think I think I think COVID caused problems for for development for a ton mm-hmm. of games, and they just they were like it got delayed and they published it. But uh, generally, the game is procedurally generated, so it's like every level is just a, a, a mix of different objects. So there are areas where it's like can't get past that. It's not that bad, but oh, okay. But there are like there have been instances where that's happened, and you started like, to learn the like where stuff's going to jump out. You can tell now. No, that's not the issue. The issue is that it's literally like I'll be playing, and I'll be like, oh, 
there you go. Game over. And I'll just like turn that, it off. That would be entertaining. I was like, wow, watch. that was amazing. I can't even go past this level. Yeah. No bombs, no ropes. Yeah, I don't just... think you realize how entertaining that would be. <laughs> Watching True. the frustration of like, <laughs> yeah. the game got... Yeah. yeah, but for the most part, it's 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 definitely more difficult than the first one. But Can't be done without swearing. It's just more chaotic. All right, let's see. Um, Biolithic says, I support Lauren Chen. Great guest, oh, Tim. Nice. Oh, oh, yeah, Lauren's you. great. Shepard in Studio says, you gave my dog Shep a shout out during the Battle of Berkeley. Can you do it again and say... Shep is the best pupper. Yes. Thanks, Tim. Dog right. <laughs> awesome. All right. Let's see. We, we got a. Oh, we got a bunch of big ones. Nathan Abraham says, I love you, Lauren and Tim, two honest people in a world of dishonesty. Mm-hmm. Never give up. Never, never, never. Those words seem to matter just as much today as it did 75 years ago. Peace and love to all patriots on any side. Peace and free speech without repercussion. Thomas Sloat says, Trump said that the government will cover the cost of each COVID death. That is the incentive for every hospital and insurance company to claim more COVID deaths. Then why would he do it? I don't know. That's weird. Randy says, when things go back to normal, would you be interested in doing a docentery-esque video documentary or is it on the HEMA community? What is that? I don't know. One easy place to get footage is the Lafayette Historical Fencing Academy. I don't know what that is. I will have to look at it. Yes. HEMA. Christopher Scott says, keep it the great work uh, with stay on the truth with no spin. Honestly, you should have a podcast. I'll think about it. Jamie Roll says, thank you for the excellent work, Tim. Have you taken time out of your 16-hour workday to train with your pew-pew? I have not, unfortunately. So there's a... Uh, uh, here we go. Darren says, awesome seeing Lauren on here. Please get Matt Blonde and Sticks next. Oh, love, love uh, Matt and Blonde especially. They're I, great. Yeah, we, we, we want to. That'd be awesome. Hey, regarding your pew-pew, you have been training with the bow. Oh, yeah, definitely. Dude, That's fun. He's been going been, back and forth, like moving, shooting at it. With, we got these targets awesome. out in the backyard. Yeah, it's, so I've, I've, we've got targets and I've got a compound bow. And I, I, don't, I, I think I'm doing it all wrong for sure because I have no idea what I'm doing. I took an archery class in college. It was one of the like gym electives. And I don't oh, know, cool. like, yeah, it was amazing. It was like really easy. But I found out I have no back muscles. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like zero. Is that what you need for it or something? Yeah, yeah, because I would get sore here. And oh. I apparently I, I've never used those muscles in my life. But we were just using recurve bows. But it's a good yeah. skill to have. So I have uh, I've been using a compound bow. And I think the draw weight is like 60 pounds. Would not be able to. I, I couldn't. I don't think it's 60. I think I think I've set it lower than that for sure to like 40 or 50. It's probably like 50. I don't know. Maybe not. But uh. So I've been like walking elevated and I've been moving and firing and I've actually been getting, I, w- I don't want to pretend like I'm like hitting bullseyes or anything, but I'm, I'm hitting the target and I've been, it's just fun. I just walk out on the deck and I've got all these targets set up and then I just fire. The other day I was really proud because I hit six bullseyes in a row. That's so, awesome. but, but, uh, yeah, I told you this. Yeah. So we've got, we've got, uh, one on top and then two on the bottom. And so what I did was each box has uh top, right, top, left, middle and bottom, right. And I went top right, top left, center, top right, top left, center. And then, and then I started getting tired and missing, but I got those six, hit them perfectly. And I was like, yes. And then I started Were getting you tired. Like a hundred feet or something. Uh, hundred feet. Maybe. Is that how far we have set up? Seems I don't like know how it. far it is. Yeah. They're pretty, pretty far. far. Yeah. It's not, it's not, yeah, maybe it's Man, farther it's than so I realized. Fun. Adam brought gloves. Oh, right on. Yeah. Somebody fired a broadhead at our targets. I don't know who. Other did than it. you, it, it must have me. been Adam. I know, and it's like I haven't fired yet. I did it too, but it's gonna chop up yeah. the targets. You're not supposed to, right. but it was a spiral one. It's really cool. It spins. Oh. You know. Oh, cool. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so not training with the uh, uh, the guns, but uh, I guess we can. You know, we're on we're we're we're, we're on hunting ground, so we actually are able to. We have like. I mentioned this before. I called it a sniper tower. And then it's like hunters <laughs> message me. They're laughing because it's Correct. just like, it's, what is it called? Like a deer blind, I guess. Yeah. I oh, yeah. Blind. 
But it's like elevated. And then we actually have another like hunting shack, deer blind, I guess. You can go inside and they have like, you know, you can stick your gun out. So we're on we're on ground. There's like gunshots going off all the time from yeah, people cool. just shooting. Yeah. All right, let's see. Where are we at? Let's uh let's grab some here. Super chats. The Civic Nationalist says, as a as a Briton, the Queen has absolute power. She delegates her powers to Parliament. Most British people don't care if the Queen steps in. Some have been calling for it. Hmm. If the Queen wants to, she can assume direct control. God save the Queen. I think she should. I think that's a terrible idea. I hate the monarchy. Really? Why? That's because I'm. I mean, I'm an. I don't know. Because because why would you ever want to cede power to an individual? That's a good point. You know, and it could be a slippery slope of you know they're moving away from the monarch having a lot of that control, but. Considering that, I don't know, they arrested Count Dankula for making a joke, mm-hmm. I'd kind of like to see them say, hey, man, jokes and free speech are allowed, but it's probably never going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think if the queen were to step in in order to protect and enforce civil rights, people would probably support it, right? It depend- I, I, I mean, if she was, like, seizing power to install some sort of oppressive system, it'd be different. But if she was doing right. it for the right reasons, I think people would support it. Yeah. The Hafrican says, yo, Washingtonian here. Yeah, Inslee's completely destroying our manufacturing base, and he has the balls to demand they come back mm, when the market yes. recovers. That was amazing. I laughed out loud. So did you see any of this yeah, stuff? Yeah, I, I did see. I saw him tweet about, like, or a post about coming back. <laughs> I didn't know what it was in reference amazing. to, though. I was like, what, what, hmm. I can't believe he's like, you'll, you'll be back. Well, you better come back. It's like, no, dude, they left. Yeah. Your state your state's busted, okay? It's like these, all of these governors begging people to come back, like Cuomo's done it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. California, I'm sure, is not far behind. I love how Cuomo was like, please, rich people, don't leave. We need your money. And then Bill de Blasio was like, good riddance. (laughs) I thought it was hilarious. Such teamwork. It's really funny now that New Yorkers are fleeing, mostly the wealthy. So the tax base is eroding because Mm -hmm. it's actually, you mentioned net taxpayers earlier. People don't realize the net taxpayers are actually like the top 10% of the country. Right. A lot lot of people don't know that it is the top 10% that pay the vast, vast majority of the taxes. I mean, a lot of people are under the assumption that like they hear stuff about the Trump story. They're like, oh, teachers pay more. Like, no. What they don't realize is that there was a, I was reading, I was reading a study Mm -hmm. and I don't have it pulled up. So fact check me. But uh, it was basically saying that all of the net benefits a citizen receives, you'd have to pay something like a hundred thousand in taxes per year to actually break even. Because the roads, you know, services, clean water, like uh, services uh, in terms of like the fire department, the police department, then you have health inspection, all of these things, mm. your taxes don't cover on average. It's the rich people paying that covers the excess. So that's net taxpayer. And then is it the very top percent or half percent or quarter percent that doesn't pay anything or something? No, I mean, I, I've not seen anything like that. Are we talking about income tax? I don't know. So like here's, Trump here's, paid seven hundred fifty dollars a year because he was writing off losses. That's not true, though. Oh, he was writing off losses. So he, he paid five point two million, in t- but he overpaid five point one nine nine four of it. Yeah. So he only owed seven hundred fifty dollars because he lost right five hundred off dollars. losses. But do you, do you think people who have net losses should have to pay income tax? Like no, do you? No, but that's just the way this. I mean, it's the legally no, but I mean, but like realistically, morally. I don't know. The, the, you know, what the problem is I see here is that. Trump lives like a king, but he loses hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's like this paradox of he's losing money, but he still has more money than you. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like a weird situation. Yeah, because like the way that income tax works, it's how much money you've lost or made per that year. It's not a right. wealth tax. So he could still have a lot of money from previous years or ventures. But if he lost money that year, he's not going to pay. Well, what I mean is that he made $447 million in revenue. Mm-hmm. And then his expenses were 500 and something. Right. So when that revenue comes in, it's, it's, it's a weird circumstance. The losses aren't hard. Like uh, it's depreciation. Mm, yeah. So. He, he does make millions of dollars. His losses are a combination of actual hard expenses and depreciation of property. I don't know what the solution is, though. Simply because Trump's on top, you're, you're looking at an extreme case. So where they're like, Trump should be paying more in taxes. And it's like, but if you change the rules for him, it affects you. Right. So it's like, the, the only issue, I guess, is that Trump has too much. That's their problem. Right. But I mean, when it comes to the, the New York Times report, at least they did mention that he did pay like, you know, the payroll tax and all these other types exactly. of taxes. Right. Um, so it's, it's not that he's not paying anything save $750. Like that's still not the case. Yeah. And, and, and that's what's funny too is when they say he didn't pay any taxes, it's like you're talking about income tax, right? Yeah. Because when it comes to property all other tax. taxes, yeah, property, tax. payroll, Medicare, all that stuff, all the limits, he pays everything. Same thing is true as Amazon, with Amazon. They're like, right. Amazon paid no taxes. Actually, they paid like billions. Mm-hmm. Corporate income tax, they didn't though. But they're also one of those companies that actually, they're net losing. Wasn't that the thing? It's right. a hot combination of losses plus the R&D write-offs that they do. Right. So the yeah. company loses, but the CEO is worth $160 billion or something, even though his company loses money, so he doesn't have to pay income tax. No, no well, he, he pays Jeff income Bezos tax. pays income tax. His but, salary is only uh, $83,000 a year. Yeah. So he pays income tax on that. Yeah. And then, and then he has bonuses that total up to like a, a net value of like a million bucks. Yeah. Year. And, and a lot of the, a lot of his worth is the amount of the value of Amazon shares that he has. Yeah. So that's not something, it's not like he has, you know, billions of dollars yeah, under his mattress. At all. Yeah. It's not, it's not liquid. So like, that's why wealth taxes don't make sense. Right. Because you can't tax a hard asset that can't, it's, 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 it's paper value. So he's worth all this. He can't sell until a contract you know, conditions are met and then he gets a payout of like a certain, you know, amount of money. So they want to tax him on, on, on these assets that you can't do anything with. Mm-hmm. Well, so if, if he was, was to sell, then he would have to pay taxes on the He sale. can't sell them. Like if he had sold some of his stock. He can't. Oh, he's not allowed. So there was a, uh, the way it works, I think for Amazon is that under certain conditions, they allow him to sell. So like when a certain target is reached, then he was able to like sell off a certain amount in exchange for a certain amount and pay taxes on the sale. And then but pay taxes before. on the income that he, that comes through and stuff like it's that. It's a system built by rich people for rich people. I definitely think sure. so, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why the Gravel Institute, um, I, I will say this about the Gravel people is that I don't like that they try to be so mean, you know, and I can say that's true for, for, my, for a lot of conservatives too. If you want to, if you want to argue against Prager, you, you saw what they're doing, right? Oh Gravel yeah, Institute. we did a video on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they if, got H. John Benjamin, which. Right, right, right. Sad. So they're like, we're going to counter PragerU, but they say like PragerU is lying and it's, it's lies. And then they insult them. And I'm like, you don't need to do that. You don't need that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's sullies your brand. Just make your videos rebutting and giving your argument because they put out a video that said, is big government really the problem? I thought it was a great video. I just, no, yeah, they, they, they fudged a lot of the numbers there. For sure. I, yeah. I disagree with, with a lot of their premise, but I like that they said Democrats and Republicans don't work for you. They're yeah. working for the ultra elites and the rich mm-hmm. people. And then they give you their argument and then you can say, I agree or I disagree. But as long as we all agree that the crony establishment politicians don't actually care about any of us, we're making good ground. Yeah, but actually, you know, who doesn't apparently agree with that is Soledad O'Brien. 
So she's she's a reporter that I used to think was like really you know unbiased and fair, but uh, she's got TDS now. And, and did you guys see Chris Rock's opening monologue for Saturday Night Live? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he went on this whole spiel about how he wants term limits because he he kind of says like we we rejected kings in America, but we have this class of dukes and duchesses yep. ruling over us. Which I'm like, yeah, I, I agree with that term limits and stuff like that. And so that O'Brien is just like, no, this is like just no. Like what is what is the non swamp establishment reason for? opposing term limits you lose rand paul and yeah that's the only thing but but you'd lose a lot of other people and i think the the games the other issue is that um seniority in congress determines a lot of what you can and can't do so if we had term limits you'd have a whole bunch of inexperienced people randomly being in charge of committees and not understanding how they work well you're you're, you'd be assuming that like they would all be kind of like coming and leaving at the same time which isn't necessarily the case right no so it's like if you have uh let's say five okay five election cycle limit in congress um so that'd be like i don't know 10 years in the house that's still i think enough seniority to be able to yeah. manage a committee yeah i guess the, i guess that it's a bigger issue of what how many terms yeah you know so, it, so maybe which is, five which is something that is definitely up for debate but i mean to just say no 30 50 years in you're like totally fine don't see any problem with that I, maybe maybe the maybe something that i haven't heard proposed proposed before is longer terms and hard so, hard limit. So like instead of saying five terms for 10 years, we say two terms for 10 years. So that's kind of like what the Senate is doing. Like, I mean, yeah, like six. they have the longer. Right. Yeah. Because I, I see I guess I guess it's why we have it different. The Congress will have. But the problem is fundraising. And that's the big problem with all of these politicians mm-hmm. is all they care about is who's going to pay the bills to get them elected. And that's why they don't care about regular people. So one of the things Gravel Institute brought up is that there's there's actually a study that shows this. Regular people have zero impact on policy. It's only the wealthy industry and individuals and lobbyists who actually can sway politicians' opinions. So they found, like, the polling of public opinion had no effect on whether or not a politician would support or oppose a certain bill. That's that's messed up to me. This is great. Mike Gravel is the guy who came up with that national right. initiative. This guy, that's awesome. Yeah, I think the Gravel people are cool. I just wish they would. Uh, and I don't agree with everything they say. I just wish they weren't. If they, I, I wish they were taking the higher road and, and not doing the snarky, insulting. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, the uh, I guess you're, you're the, I think so far the only full video they have is by Brianna Joy Gray, who yeah. used a former Bernie person. But I mean, in that video arguing for big government, they fudge a lot of the numbers. For and, sure. Yeah, which is like. But my my point is just like. But that video was it, I didn't find it. It's not disrespectful or anything. It's exactly. very respectable exactly. in terms of yeah. And that's why I'm like, good, good. Make your arguments and do it in a way where you're like, hey, here's what we think. No beef. And I'll yeah. be like, right on, man. Let me let me go through this and see what I agree with. Yeah. But you know, because we have too much on Twitter is just I hate you, you hate me, f you. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I yeah. really like your idea of longer terms and like two of them because then they're not going to spend the whole two years. Fundraising. Trying to yeah. campaign. But but yeah. but the senators are six years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Six years so. for senators, two years for representatives, yeah. four for president, lifetime for Supreme Court. Yeah. We got we got a question for you from a Canadian from Gabriel Rib uh Ribage. Ribage? Sorry, Ribage. man, I can't probably not pronouncing your name right. He says, Hey Lauren, as a fellow Canadian, I was wondering what you thought of Trudeau's gun ban of May first, twenty twenty. I was part of the CCFR's rally on September twelfth, protesting against the order in council. We had easily five thousand people or more. CBC said we were only 800 classic media spin tactics. Yeah, I mean, the the gun laws in Canada are disgusting. The self-defense or lack of self-defense laws in Canada are disgusting. The CBC is disgusting. We have state-funded media in Canada who, surprise, surprise, are very in favor and biased toward the party that wants to give them a lot of funding. Hmm. Yeah, there yeah, we go. That's what we were just, just talking about. Huh? Very swampy, very gross. Let's see. Swork Witch says... 
The movie was made by someone who, in interviews, said she she wouldn't read the book, oh, uh, Starship Troopers, mm. because it's fascist, and set out to make a movie mocking and denouncing the book. In the book, service was not only military, military tiny, just dangerous, so has no meaning. Interesting. Can you read that again? It was someone said it was fascist. Yeah, the person who made the movie said the book was fascist. Interesting. That's where the, I got that from. Mm-hmm. Right. Without so that, reading that's, it. That's why I've in never the movie, read the book. No. Like. Uh, um, What's what's the what's Doogie Howser's name? Neil Patrick Harris is that it? Yeah, yeah. his 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 outfit he looks hates like it when people call him Doogie Howser. Carl, I think he's he's Carl, Carl in the movie. I love that movie. So. But they they make his uniform look like a Nazi uniform. Yes, yeah. it's so dumb. Yeah, they really they really make the the fascism stand out in that movie. Jason Freeland says anyone could demand service in the book, even disabled. The government had to come up with something that you could do to allow you to serve. Oh. Wow. When you guys That's say cool. service. Uh, gives citizenship do you mean service lets you vote or service lets you become an american citizen so there were civilians and there were citizens civilians had all rights but didn't vote and citizens voted so everyone's born a civilian and then you can become a citizen yeah i have to earn the right Um, um, i I believe so seamus uh maulane says i'm probably pronouncing your last name wrong in the book starship trooper citizens could be uh citizenship could be gotten via non-military service however they made it suck because you were supposed to show a willing to sacrifice for the group benefit versus yourself. Interesting. So uh, and someone else says any federal service equals citizenship, but only after service was completed. That way, only those who demonstrated willingness to sacrifice for good of others would be given the right to vote. That's really cool. I like that idea. Politically Defiant says, hey, Tim, Lauren, Ian, Lydia, thank you for everything you guys do. You're all goats. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the parental units for reaching their goals of retirement before 60 and 34 year wedding anniversary today. Ooh. Love you lots. Nice oh, job. Congratulations. Awesome. All right. That's great. That's huge. All right. Let's see. Actually, Liam and my four year is coming up this week. Oh, oh wow. Right. Yeah. You guys doing anything? Uh, actually, they just closed restaurants where we live. <gasps> oh, congratulations. So, so, yeah. so, no. I mean, we <laughs> might have a nice evening of Netflix and takeout. It's so but, crazy yeah, that they're escalating it. Yeah. 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 And actually, I might, I might also have to work, but it's funny, like, he, he told me I was eating a muffin maliciously the other day. Whoa, <laughs> maliciously? Whoa. Maliciously. You like know, looking at him, like tearing into it. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I don't know what that's about, but yeah, four years. It. Yeah, good times. <laughs> Sean Carter says, just want to say hi, Tim and crew. I listened to many of your videos and appreciate your views. I moved deep into the Appalachian Mountains. Ooh. Best thing ever. Guns, ammo, food, and big dogs. That awesome. sounds awesome. Oh, what Love kind of big dogs? dogs. Dogs are great. I like Let's them. see. Bacolic Buffalo says Robert Barnes explained Trump taxes he paid through the year and his balance was seven fifty. Interesting. Let's see. Uh, Jalen Goliday says, "Can we get a fourth channel Tim Guns? I don't know. Don't ask me the name. Uh, we're gonna be we're doing a vlog. We're gonna be doing the vlog yeah, for that. So we're just talking about today. Yeah, we'll be guns involved. Man, I'm excited we, for that channel. We just got a twenty foot inflatable projector screen that you just like you turn the pump on and then it fills up." And then you like put like stakes in the ground and then you put it outside and we can watch like movie theater. So, oh, that's so, so cool. the movie theaters are all going out of business. You know, Regal uh, announced they're mm-hmm. like shutting all stores. Oh, AMC wow. is Sad. suing Jersey. And so uh, we're going to have our own 20 foot screen, 4K, you know, and we're going to watch movies, I guess. The future is now. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're. Uh, yeah. 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 So um, assuming that the lockdown doesn't you know, come for us, whatever, because you can't have parties, I guess. All right. Let's see. Level 99 Mastermind says, to what extent? Should the media be held responsible for what they do? They are definitely playing a serious role in pushing large swaths of people over the edge to the point of mass civil unrest through deliberate disinformation. True. First Amendment, man. I don't yeah. know. Well, I mean, I don't I don't like the idea of prosecuting journalists. That's not a good look. But I mean, let's take the Nick Sandman case, for instance. I think that's a, a 
a better way to hold journalists accountable. Like if you can demonstrably prove that, you know, so-and-so person committed libel or slander, I think there's grounds for civil recourse. And then hopefully the financial incentive will be there for them to not randomly label people like white nationalists. The, the issue, I think, is that we have this ruling called Times v. Sullivan, where it's basically you have to prove when it comes to public figures that they actually knew they were lying. And the challenge then is there's also a slap, anti-slap laws, strategic lawsuits against public participation. So what happens is New York Times will say, you know, Lauren Chen is a Nazi or something. Mm -hmm. And you'll say, that's not true. They'll first go, it's an opinion. And then dismissed. Anti-slap. Knock it down. That, that, well, for the, for the Nick Sandman thing, I mean, they were saying that he had, for example, done things that he hadn't. Like he had approached the guy or whatever. And that's like, that's not an opinion thing. That's a fact. The, so... All of most of most of the, the the claims made by Sandman were dropped, except mm -hmm. for they like the outlet said that he blocked his path. Right. And so the judge ruled, well, that's a statement of fact. Mm -hmm. And so the challenge then, um, because they've determined there is a false statement of fact, it could potentially go to discovery where these news outlets then have to produce emails and correspondence between their employees as to what they were talking about so that Sandman and his lawyers can determine whether or not they knew what they were saying was false. They immediately settled. Right. You know why? Their credibility. I've been in these chat rooms with, with, with journalists like this. The things they say, if you only knew. Of course they have opinions. Of course they're all far left activists. Not, okay, not every single one of them, but a lot of them in these chat rooms. And the ones who aren't probably don't say anything out of fear of being ostracized or fired or whatever. So could you imagine if the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN, and these news outlets had their internal like slack logs released? Because they were like, we never knew. Then they would, we would see they were all really dumb. Yeah, they'd be released in discovery and they'd be exposed. Well, it would go to the lawyers and then to what extent they could release it, I don't know. But they'd probably start talking about it. Sounds like uh, James O'Keefe has another... Uh, <laughs> another project. What do you yeah. guys think about the phenomena of news organizations releasing a story, getting ad revenue on it, and then having to make a retraction, hmm. but not... Then the retraction also gets ad revenue. And no one sees the retraction. Like, I've seen stuff right. like that. The, the original story, like 100,000 likes, whatever. Correction, 4,000 That's likes. not the issue, though. That is an They're issue. They're still making money off of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. They make money on the fake article. And then when they apologize, they make money on the apology. So how would we how would we rectify something like that? Hold the, hold the ad revenue for no, news organizations? They have a First Amendment right to say whatever they want. Well, within, within certain confines, you can't incite violence. Mm -hmm. But you can lie. You can't lie about someone, but I could I could make a post all day saying the sky is red. Right. Like the Don't Indian, at me. Yeah. And then, Babylon B. I mean, it's basically lies. Right. Exactly. So, you know, if, no, if lying, lying was not protected, then you'd have no satire articles mm -hmm. because it's meant to be jokes. But whether or not someone believes it is a different story. So we got this uh, this really great super chat. Wait, hang on. What was in terms of like the whole like, oh, this is an opinion. What? Who was it? Majid Nawaz, didn't he win a huge settlement from the but Southern Poverty? But they made a ton of crazy statements about him. So it's yeah. like... But I think that he should he should have got that. Like, you can't... Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. He won, like, what, $3 million? Or yeah, Almost $4 like million. Dollars. Yep. And then the, they fired all their, you know, executive structure at the SPLC. Yeah. Man, they, they once... The SPLC once claimed that I went to Iran for a Holocaust deniers conference. Huh. And the best part was... I've never been to Iran, for one thing. <laughs> but their source was not it w they, had a, they had a website it was a holocaust denier conspiracy theory website 
But the best part was it wasn't just that it was a website, but the website itself had been deleted and they found an archived version of it of to that. use as their source to claim I had personally traveled to Iran hmm. for a Holocaust. I'm just like, wow. wow. That is dedication. like at least the Moonland hoax people <laughs> actually look at real photographs and say, here's what I think about this photograph. Yeah. They straight up like went to a conspiracy theorist website that didn't even exist Did anymore. Did you sue? So uh, they also defamed several other people. And it resulted in an immediate retraction and apology, like mm. within a couple days. So they smeared a bunch of lefties as like right wing, far right or alt right. And then you immediately had like these people are just obviously left wing, like yeah. some of these people that were getting smeared. And then they, they issued this big apology. They were like, oh, we were just trying to say that there are certain elements of the left that share the same ideology as the right. And we're so sorry. And they weasel worded their way out of it. But um, they, they issued a direct apology to me. And said I was left-wing. Isn't okay. that funny? They had to say I was left-wing. I love that. Because they went nuts. So I'm like, uh, whenever someone tries claiming I'm right-wing, I'm like, oh, the SPLC said I was left-wing. <laughs> they did. And they're the source, right? All right, here we go. Top Dog says, this may have been the best episode I've seen so far. Lauren is engaged, smart, and quick-witted. Yes. Please have her on more Thank often. You. Yes. Yes. Um, but you have your own show. What's your, what's yes, your YouTube? Yes, it is Pseudo Intellectual with Lauren Chen is the show. Because I am Lauren Chen. Uh, the YouTube channel <laughs> oh. is Lauren Chen. We, we publish everything on there. We're also on Blaze TV. But you can find all of our stuff on uh, YouTube. And like I was saying, uh, the audio-only platforms are what we're trying to push now. A little bit more reliable. iTunes, yeah, Spotify, yeah. Google Play. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, with that being said, it is now 20 minutes past. Before, but, uh, before, you know. before anything, I wanted to, along the lines of how cool Lauren is, um, she brought us some soap. Yes. And I wanted to shout it out. It's called clearly pure what are you trying to say about us lauren um, yeah i'm saying that you need soap yeah she brought uh these are three different and she kinds. gave it to ian specifically this no i get it all yes guinness birch is that what this is yeah made it's made with actual with guinness actual guinness which oh, cool. my oh, dad and fiance say is a very big waste but the hops is actually <laughs> so Tell them it's, i love it yeah it smells amazing this looks like what is this a turmeric and nettle cleanse mm-hmm that sounds I'm like it's excited. right up your alley. I've never had it. Yeah, I yeah, love turmeric. I put it in my coffee. And uh, a salt. Is that what that says? Tough yeah. on germs. This oh, is cool. lemongrass, <laughs> tea tree, and eucalyptus. Yeah. Liam actually was the brains behind that soap because he wanted something for... He does MMA. Um, and they use a special soap to prevent against staph infections. Oh, smart. So we made a natural equivalent with like nat like with essential oils and stuff. This I is oh it. wow. Wait, you made that? Oh, when I say I I do the graphic design for that. Uh, my mom is the one who makes all the products. Oh, yeah, we have whoa, a family cool. business. Yeah, isn't that cool? So sweet. Yeah. Can people get this? Yeah, they can get it online. And actually, like my my dad's been having health issues, so Liam's been such a sweetie. He was actually like at the market with me selling last weekend. Oh, yeah. Wow, what's the website? Awesome. Clearlypure.com. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Is it spelled P-U-R? Is that it? Yeah, it... P-U-R because it's trendy and millennial. Oh, sure. Right. And yeah. Just like you. It is yeah. awesome. Cool. <laughs> there you go. I didn't realize we'd shout out your own soap company, but that's really awesome. Yeah, thank wow. you. Sweet. amazing. Well, to everybody who hung out, make sure you smash that like button on the way out. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at TimCast. And uh, we actually have audio-only versions of this show, too. I never shout it out, but, you know, yeah. now, now that you reminded me. So uh, this show is available on iTunes, on Spotify, and all the other places. But you can also follow my other channels, youtube.com slash TimCast and slash TimCast News. Two different channels. And you can also, uh, also, of course, follow at Ian Crossland. Yes, follow me on YouTube. I just started, I made another video, a uh, behind-the-scenes video of my rig, my gaming rig downstairs. Cool. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter. You need to play some Goose Game? 
Stream I don't goose. think so. I, oh, I, I watch you play it. It's just not. It's not hot action enough. Not, for no, me. it's fun. the best. You're you're a goose and you're running from a dude because you like stole his keys and he like trips it's and falls. Time. It's amazing. <laughs> it is pretty funny looking. Yeah, and also you can follow at Sour Patchlids. Yes, you can. I'm over here, Sour Patchlids on Twitter, and that's with an L Y D S. That's my name. So uh, yeah, we do the show Monday through Friday live at 8 p.m. So what's today? Monday. We'll have clips up throughout the day tomorrow. Yep. We have another awesome guest coming tomorrow. We're gonna have a lot of really cool conversations with some people. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a big week. It's gonna be pretty crazy. We might get in trouble with some of the people we're bringing because yeah, it's, it's gonna be uh it's gonna get spicy. Excited. But but I'm no longer gonna be announcing because we've had like cancellations and it's a huge letdown. Wait. Yeah. Oh. Oh. They, not that they were like goaded into canceling or bullied no, into no, canceling. No, no, okay, no. Like, yeah. Like oh, I missed my flight. I can't come. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll probably just. <laughs> Yeah, COVID's yeah. been really making it difficult. But anyway, everybody, thank you all so much for hanging out. This was this was a really really awesome awesome show. Lauren, thanks so much for for hanging out as well. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And guys, like they are the best hosts. <laughs> like they picked me up at the airport. I mean, they're so nice. Usually, Finest people service. if I'm if I'm like going on a show or something, it's like have fun with your uber and like your hotel like we'll just catch you during the thing but like you guys are so hospitable. I, I never really appreciate I, it. That's one thing I don't like. Where it's like when I've been booked for shows, they'll be like, "Here's your flight." And then I have no communication with any of the people. Yeah. And then it's like, you just the, show up. The day of, a car pulls up to the hotel and they're like, we're taking you. And I'm like, where? When? What's yeah. going on? Like, so I just get yeah. in his car and yeah. then like they drop you off the studio. And I'm like, where's the door to get in? Yeah. Like, no. And then you figure it out, you know. But anyway, hey, thanks for hanging out. And uh, yeah, well, you're, you're always welcome. So to Thank everybody you. else, smash the like button on your way out, subscribe, notification, all the good stuff. And we will see you tomorrow at 8 p.m. live. Bye, guys.